And once again, it's another new month. So we got another podcast uh, pre-recorded with Jake. This is another one, Top Tens. Uh, today we talk about our we talk about our top ten favorite TV shows, kind of a sequel to what we did last month and our favorite movies. Uh, in particular, I talk about a lot of what influenced me and also like what we grew up on and like so much of our favorite stuff. It, these lists show like how much I love animation and cartoons and stuff, and it shows just how much similar me and Jake are as people and the stuff we enjoy and the stuff we like. And I tell you what, with him. Him gone to basic. I am. I'm missing the man a lot. Uh, but that, and I can't wait for him to get back so we can do more of these in person. But for the next few months, this is what we got: the pre-records. So that's today's podcast. Please enjoy it. Have a lovely day. smooth grooves i put in this week bring it in this a little bit closer yeah there you go there we go what if that got louder as i was pulling it, <laughs> it probably did that's how audio works um so new month which means new podcast april april's podcast april's top 10 rather mm-hmm. the podcast is weekly but the top 10s are monthly so new podcast New top 10. This month, we are going to do our top 10 favorite TV shows, mm. which I'm a, this is a sequel to our top 10 movies. Yeah. And I even alluded to like, you're going to, you notice some glaring exceptions of things I enjoy from my movie list that will, you will see on this list now. So, and you, I'm excited to see your list because like I can pinpoint a few, but I'm honestly, I think this list it's going to be the one where me and you have the least amount of crossover. And I, you know, I know you're a movie guy, but you know me. I love you're TV shows. Deep down the t- you're into TV shows the way I'm into movies. Uh, it's simply because, to me, you get me? more time to, to meet a character and to learn about a character. And all those episodes, they can really use them to build so much development that movies can do, but usually don't have enough time to do as much of. Mm-hmm. So I, that's why I love... I'm going to do because I, I can see on the waveform it's like you're just slightly lower than me and i'm like yeah oh, i don't want to deal with that later <laughs> uh so do you want to go first or should i i uh, here's the thing the reason i prefer movies over like long for television is because i'm busy <laughs> i yeah. do things yeah and tv takes a large amount of time and like if i watch a show i binge it quickly i get it done and i move on to the next thing mm-hmm. uh as for movies, it's like I can sit down, watch a movie, and get a whole story done pretty in like two hours. Mm-hmm. So that's my that's my general thing. But I still – there's a lot of TV shows I consider real works of art. And yeah. in this list, you're really going to see my love for animation specifically. While, while on my movies list, I had, a, I had a couple references. I think I talked about – I did My Neighbor Totoro and stuff and Your Name. I think I mentioned uh, Last Unicorn and Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yeah. But this list – 
you're really going to see. Because I think six or seven of these are all animated things. Yeah. As, a, as opposed, I don't know how many animated products are on your thing, um, on your list. It looks like there's only about, let's see, four, I think. Four? Okay. Yeah. So not too many more than me. So most of them, most of them are kids' cartoons, three kids' cartoons, and one adult cartoon. Okay. I'm going to start because I cheated. Yeah. I, I have to throw in an honorary 11th pick because I'm not done with the show yet. Oh. The show has quickly become one of my favorite shows, but I'm not done with it. I'm in the process. I'm only on like the third season out of five seasons. Yeah. So I'm going to do my honorary number 11 is She-Ra, Princess of Power. Okay. I... If you haven't watched the show because you think it's just like a normal, boring, like, kid show or like if if your manly ego is getting hurt by a princess show this show is fucking bomb it's dreamworks studios it is gorgeous and it is like the love child of both steven universe and avatar the last airbender and he-man and he-man of course he-man and she-ra uh it it has absolutely nothing to do with old school he-man and she-ra stuff yeah but it's way better it's really good. Like, He-Man, Jiro's old stuff was always, like, it's fun because it's corny and it's dumb. Yeah. This show is legitimately good drama and legitimately good characters. Yeah. I have not been this invested in a villain in a bit. Oh, wow. Catra is such a good villain. Now, do you think that people who watch the old school He-Man would like this, uh, yes. this new cartoon? They're still okay. going to like it because it's still got that kind of... It's still got the, the fun of what old He-Man stuff was and old She-Ra stuff. It's still got the fantasy elements. It's still got the sci-fi elements. It's yeah. still got the uh, overall just pretty nature of the shows where it's like, look at all these like bright colors and cool stuff. We could sell toys out of this, but like... Yeah. The art style, the almost really. <laughs> you're really... You're enjoying that cookie, aren't you? I had to finish it. <laughs> you had to finish the cookie. I didn't want to have it the whole time. <laughs> but that's my honorary number 11, so... I, I'm currently on the third season. The show overall is like the first, fourth, and fifth season are all like 13-ish episodes, but the f- second and third season are only like six and seven. Is it a, like a special plot line or is it because... Not particularly. It's just I feel like the show was just renewed weird mm. Like because it's a Netflix original. It's on Netflix. I just recommend go watch it. Yeah. Uh, so since I said my honor right now, let's go into the actual list with yeah. your number 10. All right. So... My number 10 is actually uh, Shadowhunters, which is a show that I I only watched um, after watching Arrow because of Catherine McNamara, uh-huh. but I did actually really enjoy it because of the, and of course there are books tied to this series, it's uh, the Mortal Instruments series. Oh, you have talked talk to me about this. Yeah. Okay. And it, it is really, really good world building and characters, and it's just, and also one thing I love seeing with shows, because... I that's one of the reason I like TV shows is because when I when I watch one I want to see more so I would go and watch interviews and they have a great cast chemistry, mm-hmm. um not of course I like Cat McNamara but like Dom Sherwood, and, and like just everyone in that cast loves each other and they have such good chemistry and give give me the soft pitch for the show because I don't remember what you're so um basically, their shadow hunters are a race of um people with angel blood mm-hmm. who. They sort of see themselves as the protectors of the the mortal world, mm-hmm. or as they would say, you know how in Harry Potter they call the uh, the humans muggles. Yeah. Well, it's actually they protect the muggles. <laughs> no, no, it's uh they have another term. 
It starts with an M too. I'm trying to think. God, it just, it just blanked. It's um. You know what? I'm not gonna dwell on it. Either way, they see themselves as the protectors of the mortal world, um, because they have the angel blood that lets them interact with the shadow world, which basically makes them see themselves as higher up than mm -hmm. humans and than the shadow creatures because you find out that the shadow creatures are not all bad. There, there's vampires and werewolves and uh, there's things called seelies who can never lie and there's just, there's just a lot of different cool little things they add to their world that just really, really push the story forward. Um, that, that's why I enjoy it. And it's also really, really cool choreography and fight scenes. So that's that's one thing I really enjoy. All right. I, I, there's a lot of... You've you've given a good pitch. I'm I'm actually kind of interested. I'm like, is yeah. it like a fantasy type too, or like now, a? I would I will tell you before you watch it. Um, it was a freeform show. Uh huh. So it has a lot of extra drama to it, which mm -hmm. I don't mind because I watch CW shows. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm used to that. But some people like, you know, there's a lot of romance stuff, yeah. and some people when they watch an action series, they want to see action. And, I'm not yeah. opposed. The romance stuff. Oh yeah, I love romance. Stuff. I just wanted to tell you. Because, I love romance yeah. stuff when it's done well. Yeah. It's, it's like there's so many people who like hate romance and stuff because it's always it's done so badly mm. in a lot of stuff. When they, when you, but when you see a good romance on screen, it can carry a pretty bad movie. Yeah, and the shows the show has multiple different relationships that really that carry throughout the series, and they do something that I've never seen done with another relationship. The main two characters I'm not gonna spoil it for mm. you. Um, the main two characters of the show they have an automatic chemistry, mm. and then. There's a reason. There's a that, reason they have that chemistry. No, there's a reason that they can't be together for a while. Oh, and they find out that reason is invalid, and it's just like they they did a really cool thing with that. And I, and if you watch, you can find out earlier in the series that that reason is not true. But it's just I don't want to spoil it for you, so I'm not going to say too yeah, much. Okay, but. okay. So are we moving on. Yeah. All right. My number. Uh, my number ten. Mm-hmm sitcom if you had to guess what i would consider my favorite sitcom to be i i don't want to put this one too low on the list but the first thing that popped in my head was seinfeld seinfeld oh my gosh really seinfeld is my number 10 yes it was <laughs> there's a certain mean spiritedness i love about seinfeld yeah where it's like all the characters are assholes all the all the side characters are assholes everyone in the show is an asshole but it feels real to me as a nihilist, yeah. as a as a person who's who who's angry a lot, yeah. who who doesn't like. It, there's a certain part of me that's like, yeah, no, this this is the logical extreme of, and I'm saying everyone's an asshole, but everyone's a little bit of an asshole. Yeah, I mean, no, yeah, because <laughs> you, I've seen enough to know that the Seinfeld characters are known for being. Sexual. No, I was talking about like every day. <laughs> I was just talking about reality. Oh, everyone's talking, a little bit of an asshole. I thought you were talking about the Seinfeld characters. So, and yeah, like well, maybe you're right on that too. I like Jerry Seinfeld's comedy. I find I find that fairly funny. Uh, his constant back and forth, like with Elaine in that show, is sets up some pretty funny scenarios. And of course, it ga it gave us some of like this show was massive when it was on the air. Like it it was when it ended. It was like it had it was. The final episode of the show was breaking records for television. Yeah. It, it was – I feel like it's a perfect example of, like, the comedic group. So you have you have Jerry, who's kind of the straight man of the group. 
Yeah. Jerry's if anyone's like the most relatable, the most normal person, it's Jerry. Yeah. He like he's got his job. He does it. Granted, he's a comedian. It's like and he's all I love the interludes, like with him doing a stand up about what he's experiencing in the show. Yeah. But uh Jerry's kind of the straight man. Then you have George who's like a little bit more out there, is a little bit he's um the the instigator for a lot of shit. Yeah. He he's kind of the reason that the a lot of the problems can arrive at times. Yeah. Um, my favorite arc of that whole show is him with his uh, his fiance. Yeah. Which I don't want to spoil the ending to that, but anyone who's who who knows the envelope deal with that show, it's kind of hilarious in a very dark way. Um, Elaine, who's more kind of on like Jerry's side of like the more the more reserved, but it can also like they all have their own faults. Yeah. It's like. And they all bring something different to the table. And then Kramer, who's just insane, yeah. but in the funnest way, like the greatest, like, I feel like this show also like set in stone a lot of like the character archetypes for, for like sitcoms going forward. Yeah. That's about all I can say about that. All right. All right. Uh, you, you've seen Seinfeld, haven't you? Yeah. 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 I was fixing to say, there's no way you haven't. That, that's one thing about Seinfeld though, is that I like how, how Jared's comedy bits are like, the cold opens and they actually relate to the show yeah. because some shows do they do cold opens and they're really funny but it's just like you watch it and you're like wait what's gonna happen with this and then it doesn't have anything to do with the show it, I'm like well I, I kind of like it when it connects because it's an episode it's all it's supposed to it's go together it's also to a constant reminder it's like oh yeah Jerry is a comedian yeah like so it makes sense of like he's always got these jokes getting ready yeah and like they don't they don't never forget that fact like he'll bring it up like it's like if someone asks him his job or whatever yeah so, I think that's all I can say about Seinfeld, though. Yeah. There's some of these I can go on much longer for, though. I was about to say, a lot of these shows, I'm pretty sure all my shows should be notable enough that people will mm-hmm. know what they are. All, I don't think I have anything all, obscure on here. Yeah, neither do I. All of my... the Seinfeld, I think, is just... it's. It, I think it's probably my favorite sitcom, because I'm not huge on sitcoms. I'm not too big on The Office. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't... Friends, I guess it was a, is one I can attribute to. Fresh Prince, I can. Yeah. Um, not really into Full House. Yeah. But Seinfeld always stood out for a genre I'm not huge in. Seinfeld always made me laugh. Yeah. I do. I believe I only have. In fact, depending on what you would consider a sitcom, I, I only have really one sitcom on my list. Mm-hmm. Um, but the next one is not a sitcom. The next one is a kids' cartoon. All right, you're number ten. This or you're number one, nine. This is number nine, yeah. And this one is, it's mostly for nostalgia, but now that I can finally, they finally put it on a platform and I can go back and watch it, mm-hmm. I still go back and watch it and still just love it. It's Kim Possible. Oh, okay. Kim Possible, I just, like, because I remember how much I loved this show when I was a kid. I always loved the the shows where the main character was, like, yeah, because the hero of the show is the main character, but I liked shows where the main character was actually a hero. Yeah. So that'll come up. Later in the list, obviously, but it was a hero, but she was also like fallible at times. Where it was like, is that the right word? Where it's like she had flaws. Yeah, she she was not. I yeah. haven't seen the show in probably ten years. Now, but <laughs> the, but the funny thing about Kim Bot is she did have flaws, but like out of anyone on the show, she always tried. Like she didn't even try to be Miss Perfect. She was just like naturally like that. Yeah, and they they love to play on like what her what flaws she does have. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because she gets jealous like everyone else and has boy crushes and stuff like that. But she's so, when she's on a mission, she's almost always perfect because mm-hmm. she can 
So it's just, it's really funny to see, especially seeing the dynamic between her and Ron, because that is one of the, the like, the ships that we remember as kids. Yeah. Was Kim and Ron, and it's like, and the the saddest thing about it is I love the series, and I love the the movie they have on Disney+, Plus. but my favorite movie they ever did is not You're not talking about the live action, right? No. Okay, I was just going to say. I couldn't even get through, I, and that sounds mean, because I like the actor who played Ron, I just didn't like him as Ron. <laughs> he just didn't like, I, it's just not a great, why is, Pat Oswald is in that movie, isn't he? Pat Oswald is in the why, very beginning, yeah. Why is he in that movie? <laughs> he... I think he was fine as the person they did, but the costume was weird. He he did he played that uh, what is his name? He's like a Germanish villain. Yeah, he's usually wearing that like big red suit. Yeah, um, they, he did him, but again, that that movie just and they replaced they they didn't really replace Monique, but they didn't put Monique in there, which was a really good friend for Kim because mm. Ron was kind of also a love interest, so yeah. Kim kind of needed a best friend, and Bonnie did not work for anything, so obviously, so they. That was a mistake. You know, the only <laughs> thing I remember about the movie is is that terrifying Terminator face. I was like, this was a Disney movie. <laughs> Why is that? This, you're ripping up like you you do like this reveal of like uh, uh this robot face on a character, but you like actually pull some like this Mission Impossible <laughs> yeah. style skin back, and you're like, oh uh. no. But that was that actually multiple Kim Possible movies had the reveal of one of the one of the characters being a robot, yeah. but. The the one movie that didn't was A Sitch in Time, mm-hmm. and I I love A Sitch in Time, but I can't find it anywhere. And I it's maybe on YouTube, but yeah, you I just want to watch it for free whenever I want. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not for free, obviously, because Disney Plus costs yeah. money. But you know what I mean. Okay. All right. All right. Are we at my number nine? Yes. I've already lost all because I, I would, can't remember. I was at anything. number nine, and you were at number eleven. So you're you're one behind me. So okay. you're at my number nine. Not actually a cartoon yet. We, okay. we, we've gone two in a row without a cartoon, but this show, there's a fifth dimension beyond that which is known to man, it is the dimension as vast as space and as timeless as infinity, in the middle ground between the light and shadow, between science and superstition, and it lies between the pit of man's fears and the summit of his knowledge. This dimension is, this is a dimension of imagination. This is an area in which we call the Twilight, Twilight Zone. Zone. Dude, you want to talk about a show that has inspired me to write more things or me to just draw more things or anything out of this show. It is The Twilight Zone. Yeah. the This show, be, just for being these kind of episodic stories that that would, would all, were always kind of like thought-provoking to me. Yeah. Or always made you... They, you I, I never left a Twilight Zone episode like bored i was always at least somewhat like thinking about something i was it always piqued my interest or made me think in a new light or at the very least showed some kind of tragedy it felt like like a shakespearean style tragedy yeah. one of my favorite episodes is the um it's the i can't remember its name but it's the actress who is like who's like past her prime uh she she's she's done acting she's not going she's she's not doing anything anymore she's uh going into this de- alcoholic depression and then by and she's just longing to be be in the movies again and by the end of it she is in the movie yeah <laughs> well, well oh yeah. not to put too not to review uh, i basically revealed it but yeah uh that and the episode where it's um these are both early episodes for the show too uh the prisoner on the asteroid there's a prisoner who 
is sentenced to solitary confinement, and they don't really reveal whether or not he actually did his crime or anything. Yeah. Um, but he's sentenced to solitary confinement on an asteroid, mm. and he, the only human interaction he gets is just the supply truck that, or that's the supply ship that comes around every so often. Like uh, it's like every six months or something. So like he is alone on this on this rock with no interaction, and it, it's such a good look of like what's how solitary can warp the human mind yeah because you can be the most like introverted person ever but you still need at least there's a human human need of at least some form of social interaction yeah and where the episode goes is like he he gets that interaction in form of a in form of they drop the the ship sneaks him this robot companion woman and it keeps going in these this dark look as he he's connecting with it and then of course it all goes wrong and but the show was always so good at at such a deep dive into psyches i yes. feel like whether it was like what the intro said it was like the pit of man's fears or our imagination yeah. that's why i was reading that was cuz it was like a land both a shadow and substance uh ideas you've cro- or what is it hold on a dimension of sound, a dimension of sight, a dimension of mind. Yeah. So it's like all these crazy things that can all accru- somehow equate to our own psyches and our yeah. own minds. My and this may not be my favorite episode, but this is the episode that that comes to my mind and really it was such weird because it was such, it's a simple concept, but they don't reveal what's actually happening until the very end. Mm-hmm. Um, and you probably you probably have seen this episode. It's the one where there's like maybe four or five random people all dressed as characters yeah in the bottom of the giant pit that's one of the like the big ones yes and one I, of them's like a clown or something yeah there's or, the there's the clown and the ballerina yeah. and uh i can't remember there might be a cowboy but like they're all you know these these characters and they're just trapped at the bottom of this pit and they don't know how to get out and they they don't know but i kind of did notice in the episode i was thinking like what are they going to eat like they're yeah. all obviously going to starve down here and you find out at the end None of it matters. Yeah. So I the I love that episode. The, right. the I also got to give it props for having one of the greatest intros of all time. Yes. Like that opening monologue, th- that imagery, like the effects aren't great, but like there it's for the time it's like this is something interesting. The only style of show that I think has an intro like that is actually the precursor to Twilight Zone called The Outer Limits. Yeah. Which has one of the look up the the intro to Outer Limits. It is one of the most terrifying intro. It's not super scary now because like TVs have changed, but what it did at the time was like, um, you've probably seen a parody and other stuff, but it's uh, do not attempt to control or to adjust your television set. We control the horizontal. We control the vertical. Yeah, that that that's such a creepy concept. Like I love things. I love video games or TV shows. The kind of that will break the fourth wall, but like in a way that will horror stuff does it great. It will break the fourth wall, but not in the way you think. Not in like a not in a wink of the audience. It's something that will legitimately scare the audience more. Like if you ever played um, you ever played Doki Doki Literature Club? I haven't, but I know the story. Um, that game gets super creepy and is super terrifying. But uh, one of the things it does is. At the towards the end of the game, the the main antagonist will the game will look in your computer for the username 
like for the name that you have on your profile of the game and it will call you by that name so if you didn't put your real name in from the get-go of the game it then calls you your real name and it's that kind of creepy stuff that's so creative that that mind warpy stuff that i just love and twilight zone was abundant with Mm -hmm. that kind of thought process and another one further up my list is actually heavily inspired by twilight zone so I'm, i'm excited to talk about that one too oh okay yeah i know immediately what it is all right you're number eight all right so uh up at eight we have one i think i mean this is not the show that i watched most recently um but this is the show the longest show that i watched most recently and the one that really caught my attention is uh bojack horseman okay and i know i've talked to you about this one but this is a show i've yet to watch but i everyone has told me that i would love yeah and it really the best thing about it is I, i like watching live action tv shows because i like seeing the emotions and and the facial expressions and stuff like that but this show it just completely makes up for that by taking that that thing you love about cartoons where just anything can happen it, it's so like so goofball sometimes and it mixes it with those dramas and just makes it so deep and makes you just like and it it also takes the liberties that car- only cartoons can take by actually not having to use any effects you this know is, they can this animate is where we get into my love of animation where it's like cartoons and animation can go so much further than even the best effects can yeah. can do in reality and i get i've definitely met people that are like but i can't relate to it as much but then you you come across these shows that can really convey emotion out of these characters the ones you yes. feel for the ones you cry for the ones you laugh with yeah it, it, it's it's truly an art form and we'll we'll get my next Thing on my list is what I can consider to be one of the love letters to animation. Yeah. So, but this one, this one really breaks because it's a, it's a really because if you don't know the plot of BoJack Horseman, it's about um, a cartoon universe where humans and it's animals. Like that Twilight Zone episode I was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> like it's, it's such a, it's such a funny concept. Such a, like I said, such a simple concept, but they just went all out with it, mm-hmm. and the. Most of their jokes, not most of their jokes, but a lot of their jokes are actually based on the fact that the humans and the animals are like both, both like, coexisting, coexisting and being celebrities. And it's just a movies. part of this world. Yeah, and it's, it's so, like it's so it's so it's from what I know of the show, it. it's a deep dive into like the the celebrities mind. Yeah. It's like all the the trials and tribulations of this yeah. this like on his way out type celebrity. It, it puts a twist on what we usually see with with uh, celebrities in TV shows with. Portraying mental health in TV shows, portraying mm-hmm. drugs in TV shows, and portraying the the way that TV shows are formatted themselves. Mm-hmm. Because the best thing about BoJack is that he he was in a sort of full house ish series in the '90s, um, and they take that contrast between his, the show he was on, Horsing Around, and the show that he's in, BoJack Horseman, yeah. and they just show that you can never really get that happy ending that you get. It's in like the difference between Bob Saget in Full House and Bob Saget's stand-up, <laughs> where it's like he's one of the filthiest comedians you're ever gonna hear, but then you see him in Full House and it's like, and he's like, it's just complete Stephanie, contrast. You don't have to worry about that, you know? Like exactly, yeah, I mean, exactly, because BoJack is not anything like the, and he really wants to be like he is in, in Horsing Around. That's the sad thing is that he sees himself as a better person than he is, and and a lot of the stuff I've seen on commentaries, this, mm-hmm. that's where I get a lot of the best things I see about this TV show, but. The, 
the reality of it is that you can't just believe that you're a good person and be a good person. It's your actions too. Mm-hmm. Um, and that sh- this show really just plays on that, and it's 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 awesome. And they do so many amazing things with it. All right. Uh, yeah. We moving. All right. My number eight. What I can consider to be one of the love, like the creators of the show, clearly had a love of animation and went full with it. They there is not one half-assed episode in this show. Yeah. Love, death, and robots. Oh my gosh! Yeah, Th- this is another one of those episodic Twilight Zone shows where it's like, take a concept, explore it, be done with it. Yeah. Uh, specifically, it and it deals with some of my favorite genres: very cyberpunk episodes. Uh, very, like every episode has to do with, of course, love, death, or robots. Yeah. Uh. I'm trying to pull up the episode list so I can look at some of my favorite episodes. Specifically, my absolute favorite episode, and it's just because I'm such a huge kaiju fan. like Godzilla, King Kong, all of that stuff. I love Sony's Edge is an awesome episode. Yeah. It's just cool. It's a good fight. It is the, the, if you like kaiju fights, you're going to love that episode. And it's the way they do it where it's these characters, it's these people who will just kind of, uh, like, upload, can control these giant monsters. Kind of like Pacific Rim yeah, if yeah. you could control the monster instead of the robot. Oh, my God. Um, by the way, this show is very, a hard R. This show oh. is, um, it is bloody. Yeah. It is sexual. It is, uh, vulgar. It is everything. Yeah. It does not hold back. That's the good like, thing about there is a if not safe for work was a show, it would be Love, Death, and Robots. Yeah. Um, other episodes that really stick out to me, um, The Witness, I think, has a very Twilight Zone kind of idea where you're, these two characters are kind of stuck in. I don't want to give it away, but it, they're they're the the last second of that show of that episode really just flips the whole concept. Like you're watching and you think it's one thing, the last second it flips and you want to watch it again. I love that. Yeah. Um, good hunting, I think, is very is beautifully animated because every episode of the show is animated in a different style, completely different. Yeah. Whether it whether they go CG or the more like or more anime route or more cartoonish route or there's there's one episode it's a it's a like Adobe style uh, puppetry animation. Yeah. And it's all about Hitler. Oh, I've definitely yeah, I've seen that. <clears throat> You've one. definitely seen that one. And granted, not every episode. It's only like thirteen-ish episodes, something like that. It's yeah. not a long show, but it is definitely has presented me some of the greatest short film style stories I've seen in a long time. Yeah. No, that that it, show it got me with one. I watched one episode. It's probably one of the most realistic episodes of that show mm-hmm. because this. Can actually happen to real people, and it could actually happen to us if our society goes any further. Which it's one? the episode where the astronaut is in space oh, and the core yeah. gets loose. That's another example of like the last second kind of twist the whole episode yes, on its head. You're like, oh, you're, she's like, she's done, and then you know. it, it, that entire episode is like, you've got this uneasy feeling. You've got this really uneasy feeling of like something's not right here, and then when you find out what it is, it is. It's one of those things where it's like you knew something was wrong, but you didn't realize it was this wrong. Yeah. You know? All right. You're number nine? Or mm. number eight? Mm. I got to remember. There's seven. seven. What am – my <laughs> brain is – I remember 
I have the memory of a goldfish sometimes. <laughs> I, I know, I know. I have, I have the exact same thing, um, except for mine is is because I bounce off of like I I just. I think it's because I started <laughs> with that number of eleven, and I was like that honorary, and then I threw it to you, and then now my brain's all off. Yeah. But okay, so the next one is somebody save me. It's Smallville. It's Smallville. <laughs> I'm honestly shocked. Smallville isn't higher for you. I I just have and. Somebody save me. Just get as off key as I can. <laughs> no, I, said, I went as high as I could. <laughs> but small. the reason that Smallville didn't get higher was because the other shows on my list, I tried to think of some criteria for my stuff. So I, I thought of like ensemble mm-hmm. and I thought of uh, of the world building and stuff like that. And I just, I love Smallville, but it's not my favorite of the superhero stuff and it's not my favorite of like cast ensemble because let's be honest the only two characters that really redeem themselves completely in that show are clark and lois yeah because lana has so much hate chloe is a good character but i don't really want to talk about chloe um just because i also love like they pull some they pull some weird facets of superman history they yeah. go into i don't think they ever did like the weird mermaid plot in that show did they wait what, what there's weird? a superman book where he dates a mermaid and has to fight the king of land it's a long story don't worry they about definitely it. did not do that <laughs> i was like did they ever do that i don't remember i didn't see the whole show but i've no. definitely seen enough of it but it's they did some really cool but stuff even because... just talking doing like lana and or yeah, yeah. lana lang and laura uh, what's his act lois, ax- lois <laughs> lane <laughs> Lana Lance and Laurel. <laughs> These are you new tongue- Laurel Lance. <laughs> We're inventing new tongue twisters. <laughs> no, but the, the Why are there so many L's? Lex Luthor, Lois Lane, Lane, Lana Lang, Lang Laurel Lane. Lane. I don't even. I don't. I could think of more. I'm just. I was thinking about it too. Like, why are right, Superman's the- closest people all start with L? There's got to be a. Re- there's got to be a weird like Spider. Why Spider Man has so many green villains type yeah. reason where it's like. Green is a striking color against red. They're con. They are yeah. compliments. The writers are just like we really like the letter L. Yeah, <laughs> that's. But the, the Smallville, it was only so low on the list because of all that criteria. Mm. But I still love, and I will go back and watch an episode of Smallville. Like, I I just love how they made. They made him. Because Superman, what what we usually see with Superman is he's faking being the yeah. Clark Kent character, where he's. He's he's just this perfect guy who fakes being clumsy and stuff like that. Yeah. But Clark the Kent way that in the show, like he is really like he struggling. Is yeah. The way that Bruce Wayne is the disguise for Batman, it's the same thing for Superman. It's like yeah. Clark is the disguise for Superman. Yeah. And he learned he learned over the years that being that clumsy, but, bumbling Clark yeah. is the best thing for him if he wants to help people. Yeah, which to keep a secret. It's of, just really, it's a really interesting thing to think about. Also, pretty dope leather jackets in that show. I see. The, I like your Star Lord jacket, mm-hmm. but my Smallville jacket. I just, I, do, I almost bought one. I wouldn't trade it for anything. I know. I, <laughs> I need to get it fixed though, because if it if it was tight on me, mm-hmm. I would wear that thing everywhere. I swear. Like it's, I love it. But oh, dude, I used to. I had the Star Lord jacket when I weighed way more, and it it it's it's massive on me now. Yeah, I I need to find someone who can fix it up. But either way, Smallville, it's just it just does a really really interesting thing with Superman. And the funny thing is, you you only get to see him in the Superman suit 
I guess you could say twice if you count the episode where he goes into the future. But other than that, you haven't read um, Smallville season eleven, have you? The the wait, wait, comic. Has Batman in it. The comic. Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't get to. Yeah, I, I, do I have? No, I don't. But I was gonna say, I, I will order it online. Yeah, because there, there's probably some trades or something you can find. Yeah, but it's just, I, I just loved, I loved how they start out with Lana, and I love how they made a friendship with Lex because, a lot of villains you never get to see them in any other light, but Lex we get to see that he really does try mm-hmm. in the beginning, and he just he has all the odds stacked against him, um, and it's. And that's also because Michael Rosenbaum, he has his own podcast mm-hmm. that I I also love, but he's he's just a really, really awesome actor for Lex Luthor. All right. All right. My number seven. Mm-hmm. My number seven. This show, you can, you, I, I've definitely, um, it's definitely inspired what I currently like do online and stuff with commentary tracks. Yeah. Mystery Science Theater 3000. I I should have seen this one coming. You really should have. This show, it, it, it distills my favorite thing, which is watching movie with friends and tearing it apart. Yeah. You know, we, we, do the, we do the commentaries now for WandaVision and other things by the time this comes out. Yeah. Um, speaking in future tense. Speaking in future tense. <laughs> um. The in Mystery Science Theater, I think it's where I really grew in Riff Tracks, of course, of is where I really grew to like that style. It's like, and it's also got it's got this great DIY vibe, which if there's two things I love, it's movies and DIY. Yeah. It where Crow, he's he's made out of like old Tupperware and a and a hockey mask or a not a hockey mask, but like the cage on the front of a mask or whatever yeah. for and a old bowling pin and stuff and the the intro itself i would i would also throw throw on there as one of the coolest intros to a show ever yeah. it's like yeah it's corny and fun but it it's fun it's fun that's what it needs to be yeah cuz it's all just about it's all just about tearing apart some terrible movies yeah especially when these movies take themselves so seriously mm-hmm. they need to come in and, and really add that fun factor to it. When it, it it's it's i do love the type of comedy it's like take something that's very like considers itself high and mighty and then tear it down a peg yeah not knock it down a few it's like mm, you're not as cool as you think you are yeah yeah uh the um and there's and the other thing about mr science theater is that there's there's different eras of it there's um M- joe mike and jonah i think that's it yeah the where the show was rebooted and put on netflix and those episodes are actually pretty solid i actually like kind of some of the skits they did for that show because they had these kind of they did. I I think Mystery Mystery Science the like the Joe and Mike era would do musical stuff, but for some reason the Jonah era of that show, some of the music stuff. There's like a kaiju rap in one of the first episodes of that of that of that era. Yeah. Um, and the dynamic of every host is different of that show. Like every show, every host is like, yeah, you got um one who's kind of like the creator of these robots, and then you have the other one who's like more like their roommate. Yeah. It feels like, and and I I really like that. Yes, the host would change, but they were all still funny, and they were all they all, um, they were all different. Then they would make different types of jokes. Yeah, like whether it was more sarcastic or more like, um, conventionally like structured joke. 
if and I know it's not everyone's speed of a show because it's it's weird to like you're watching someone else watch a movie. Yeah. If you like that kind of content, stay around here. <laughs> um, <laughs> Go ahead and click that follow button. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, but it's definitely the show that like I watched and I was like, I want to do this kind of stuff, and now we are. Yeah. All right, you're number seven. Amazing. So you're number six. Yes, number six. Jeez. All right. So this is my Black Mirror. Wait. What? I'm gonna say Twilight Zone, but I, just, I said it wrong. Black Mirror is the show. Uh, anyway, your Twilight Zone, which is Black Mirror, <laughs> yeah. which which is uh, even the creator of that show has come out and been like, yeah, pretty much every episode of Black Mirror is is an episode of the Twilight Zone. Yeah, and I just I or is love by. And, and they all they all fit together because they they have these common themes of of technology, obviously, but some of them even have the same technology in different mm-hmm. episodes. Which Twi- I love. Black Mirror was definitely more connected than Twilight Zone ever was. Where Black Mirror, it's like, it, it all normally has like a technological theme. Yeah. But then they, um, but then like technologies would reappear. Cause it's like ki- kind of all in the same world-ish. Yeah. And it's like sometimes, sometimes you think that technology doesn't have anything to do with it. Because they'll start out and they'll, they'll throw you for a loop. Because you're like, how does this have anything to do with technology? And it turns out technology had everything, everything to do with it. it. <laughs> I I also will applaud any show who um I, this is one of my favorite things about the streaming platform is like as many bad things as there are I really applaud any show that doesn't give a fuck about runtimes. Yes. Where it's like no, we need this amount of time to tell this story. We're going to tell it and we're not going to like yeah. we're not going to sh- we're not going to cut important things out. Yeah. That's one thing I like about Net- Netflix originals like mm-hmm. BoJack's Netflix original and Black Mirror's Netflix original mm-hmm. um and the, the runtimes will vary, but also the fact that they don't—they have different runtimes, and but they also have less rules to follow because mm-hmm. Netflix can do whatever the heck they want because it's their platform. That's the thing with any streaming server, whether it be Hulu or uh, Netflix or Disney Plus, where it's like, no, we don't have to like block this in a certain way that we have to allot time for commercials and stuff. It's yeah. like, no, we can just tell the story. Yeah, and Black Mirror. There's some episodes of that show that mess me up. Where yes. I'm, it, 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 where I'm like, I can only watch that show in like one at a time. I can't binge that show because yeah. it's it's depressing. If you if you watch them in the right order, because some of the episodes, most of the episodes end badly. Um, but some of the episodes actually do end in, in a fairly happy way. And I'm only thinking of one, so there might only be one that ends in a happy way. But but. I, I will suggest this one because it's like one of my favorites. It's San Junipero. Mm. Have you seen that one? Which one is it? It's the one where they keep showing different decades. I don't um, think I've seen that one. Ooh, it's it's so so good. I'll I'm not gonna say... even, I'm not even gonna say what the concept is because I want people to figure it out. But it, it was just such a good it was such a good portrayal of the different decades and of the characters and of the the idea of the afterlife and. It's just, there's just a lot of stuff going on in that episode. I will say one of the episodes that messed me up the most was White Bear. That episode yes. messes me up to this day. That one still leaves me with this really this really deep, and I still ask myself this because I've never been able to really figure this out. And although I've come to a conclusion a few times, like I can still go back and think about this concept. It's just the fact that when when you're when you don't have the same experiences. Are you the same person? And do yeah. you deserve 
the consequences that you would get for those mm-hmm. actions. And it's just like, that and was a really weird way to say that, but I know what I was saying. That's <laughs> one of the cool things that's awesome about episodic television. It's like Black Mirror, Love, Death, and Robots, Twilight Zone all had asked you questions. And they'll, yes. they'll, they'll lead you. The best episodes are the ones where they don't tell you what's right or wrong. And you get mm-hmm. to decide that. Yeah. And yeah, like the the characters are gonna make their decisions, but like we don't have to agree with the characters, mm-hmm. and that's honestly how it ends up in a lot of episodes of not not just this is another show. It's not for the faint of heart, by the way. Yeah, it's not it's not at all. It's for not kids. as like um, <laughs> it's not as all NSFW as Love, Death, and Robots, but it, yeah. psychologically, it's gonna mess with you. So tread lightly, and uh, especially an episode. This is one of the most popular. It's Fifteen Million Merits. Mm-hmm. Fifteen Million Merits had a scene that still to this day, like, really gets to me. Mm-hmm. There, there's another episode where um, it's the one with the guy who's like the two guys who are like in kind of ostracized from society, and like in in this cabin in this place. Oh, it's the um White Christmas. Yeah, I think it's the Christmas one. And there's this one scene in it where um. Where this guy he goes home with this girl, and I don't, I really don't want to spoil this for the people that haven't seen it, but it goes wrong, and then the, in this scene, it goes wrong in such a, it's such an escalated way where you're like, no, 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 and it just keeps going. Yeah, where it's like you start to be like, oh, this is going really good for this character. It's like oh, this is less good. Oh no, yeah, this is going very badly. And it's bad. And sometimes you get to watch one, and actually, okay, I just thought of another one that ends in a sort of happy way, which it really doesn't, but it's not depressing like the rest. Nosedive. Nosedive mm-hmm. took a real look at it. It's, it's really realistic in a way because it looks at our social media social media society mm-hmm. and sort of just alters it into this all-power thing mm-hmm. that controls everybody, which it sort of is, but not in the way it is in Nosedive, obviously. Uh, th- this is gonna date when we record these, but like, did you see that um Microsoft? I think it was Microsoft. Someone took out a patent for basically the idea of creating a chatbot out of your social media, out of you die for your loved ones to use. That was literally a Black Mirror episode. I it's, don't like that. Neither do I. I. And that one, that episode really ended in a weird way too, because it wasn't exactly unhappy. No, but um, I don't but it want was just super. I'm gonna put this out there now. Don't use my Twitter to decide to decipher to make a chatbot that will deter help my loved ones. Yeah, click. I want my loved grieve. ones to to read about me like I was a historical character. I don't want them to talk to a fake version of me like I'm a fucking well, video game. Well, you also gotta think like how people talk on the internet. It's like imagine that was your dad, and then it's just like you're just arguing about politics all the time. <laughs> and that's one thing like people even even people our age but people who are older especially they don't communicate with us the same way that we communicate mm-hmm. with them so it's like sometimes they don't use punctuation and they seem like they seem to have a different mood so mm-hmm. it's like you really can't read emotion like you can so i really that just does not seem like a good idea I, i'm sure it's just one of those things where it's like they they, they take out pants for everything and cover all their bases so that if they have any any like remotely thing that's going to go in that direction they can patent it and make money off it but yeah. like yeah th- microsoft has enough money let, they can just take out random patents and here's the thing it's like you can argue it's like oh they're making technology out of what was a black mirror episode when in reality no this black mirror is kind of it's taking all the technology that we currently have and being like 
this is the logical extreme and <laughs> when we live in a society of logical extremes yeah you're gonna see it happen and uh just just so everyone who's listening knows if anyone's gonna try to invent something from black mirror um again don't. watch san junipero <laughs> yeah just don't <laughs> that's the only technology i would want invented other than that stay away all right my number six now mm-hmm. okay i'm right this time yes my number six was a tie, but it was a tie because the shows are very similar. They're produced by the same person, uh, and I think that they they really accomplish some of the same things. Yeah. My number six is a tie between Animaniacs and Tiny Toon Adventures. Okay. The I see that. Similar vein of shows. Th- this show, these two shows, um, I feel like were the first time since the original Looney Tunes that we we that society had seen had seen something this fresh and something this close to those classic Chuck Jones cartoons. Yeah. So, something that was original and crazy and did its own thing and uh, was, was such a perfect level of, um, of, imagine, of imagination. Something that was, like, so creative and fun that you were able to just... I, I've noticed a pattern where it's like my movies are were a lot more depressing than my TV shows. My TV shows are a lot more happy, and that's where I go Yeah, for that. Tiny Toons and Animaniacs, both, both are gorgeous in how their art styles are. Like, hands down, beautiful. Um, they, were the, they were these characters where they were all distinctly different because... Uh, Tiny Toons is about a new a new generation of cart of tunes learning from the older generation. Yeah. Um <laughs> I think they even reference it in the the theme song. Like the teaching staff's been teaching or the teaching staff's been getting laughs since nineteen thirty three. Yeah. Which I find it's a cool little nod. So freaking meta. <laughs> it is a little meta. Yeah. But um but the characters were all defined in in a in a different way because Babs and Buster were different from Bugs. And Lola wasn't around yet, so. Yeah. Um, but th- you wouldn't confuse those two for... They They kind of... Babs was always more into, like, the celebrity jokes and stuff, while, while Buster was much more into the, the sarcastic kind of humor that Bugs had. Yeah. But you would never confuse... If you showed me a joke that each of them did you would be able to tell which one was Bugs, which one was Buster. Yeah. And, like, um, and some some of the counterparts never even really had anything to do. Like, Elmira has nothing to do with, um, oh, what is his name? I'm hunting wabbits. Oh, uh. Elmer uh, Fudd. Yeah. I don't know why that took me so long. Um, and it was such, you took something that was perfect, the Looney Tunes, and you made it. You you didn't try to make it better. You tried to make it its own thing, which I think really did good. And Animaniacs creates these original characters and does that, where it's like you have all these imaginative ideas. There's an anim- there's a there's an episode where they go to an entire country that um is uh, their chief export is anvils, and of course <laughs> it's like you're on a cartoon. There's anvils. These jokes write themselves. Yeah, and of course full of celebrity jokes, in jokes, um. Overall, the I these were these were cartoons that I can watch at any time and be and laugh and really laugh like yeah. holding your stomach on the ground crying laughing. Yeah. All right, I All think 
I think we can go now. Now we're at number five. You're number. I almost said six. I'm, I, I had to stop you this time just in case. I know. I was gonna say six too. You're number five. <laughs> My number five is, and you might have this on your list, and I, I actually really hope you do. Mm-hmm. Teen Titans. Okay. Do we talk about this now or when we get it on my list? If it's higher up on your list, we can it's actually... It's higher up on my yep, list. We can wait and talk okay. about it when you get to it. So we'll go to my number five. Mm-hmm. My number five. It's an anime. Cowboy Bebop. Ooh. Cowboy Bebop has one of the greatest soundtracks to a show ever. Yeah. Prior to seeing this show, I was not huge on, huge on jazz, yeah. but this show made me love it. I go ahead and tell you, because of you, that sh- this show is on my list. Cowboy Bebop is on your list? Yes, it's on, and I don't have a very long list yet, so it's it's on a short list. So Wait, it's on this list? No, not, not oh, okay. this list. It's on a list of shows that I'm going to watch very oh, okay. soon. Cowboy Bebop has one of the greatest, greatest if you like science fiction western, if yeah. you like either of those genres, you're going to love that show, because yeah. that's what it is. It is this bounty hunter going on bounties. Uh, there's some overarching little plot points but overall it's pretty episodic um the entire cast whether it it's whether it's Faye, whether it's jet i i love them all yeah um there's there's bizarre episodes where they're they there's like they accidentally take space mushrooms <laughs> um i like to watch that one actually <laughs> it's actually a pretty good episode if you like weird imagery that's a good episode yeah. there's an homage to alien in one of the episodes um but overall, Spike Spiegel is the definition of cool. Yeah, Spike is like he's this. He's a cowboy, mm-hmm. and it's it's not a long show either. It's like twenty five episodes in a movie, I think. Spike's cowboy. Twenty something episodes, maybe thirty. Um, I've seen it like. Wait, I've got it. Mm-hmm. Okay, I don't good. I've got yeah. It says twenty six episodes on my list. Twenty six episodes. It 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 is like the perfect. Like everything I love out of science fiction, like spaceships and like uh fly, fly, like uh uh rocket battles or or uh, spaceship battles rather, yeah. Like out of Star Wars or stuff, but it's animated so beautifully and so quickly. Uh, it's almost like something out of Gundam as opposed to something from Star Wars. Yeah. Um, and the Western aspect, where it's it reminds you a lot of like an Eastwood movie, where he's on Mars, where we we've kind of colonized. What I also like about the show is like, it's it's a sci-fi thing, but it's 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 one of these grounded sci-fi shows where it's like, yeah, we've colonized other planets, but we've colonized planets in our solar system. So yeah. Mercury, Venus, Earth, Mars are all colonized, and then the all the moons on the gas giants and stuff, those are what are colonized because it's like, oh, yeah, they have land there and, like, we can terraform. It goes into, like, terraforming them and some episodes talk about what the consequences of terraforming those are. Yeah. Um, and it, it is a show, I will say, and, and what I was saying was, like, him walking on Mars and it reminds you of, like, an Eastwood movie, the man with no name walking along or in... The way Spike fights is very Bruce Lee. Mm-hmm. It's very Jeet Kune Do, or, but it's all synced to the music. Like, one of the reasons I love Baby Drivers, because it's like, they use the music as a part of it. Yeah. Um. There's one other point I was going to make, I can't remember. But, uh oh, I was going to say, if you, here's the point. If you're interested in watching the show, but you're not huge on anime, don't. 
I know some people would like dub shame people, but like th- this show, the best way to watch it is it's dub. The acting in the in the uh sub version, the original version, not bad, but not great. Yeah, not great. If you really want the f- experience of Cowboy Bebop, Bebop, the dub is the best way to watch it, yeah. in my opinion. All right. All right. So. My number four. Number four. Number four. And I'm also kind of surprised that compared to like something like Teen Titans, this got mm-hmm. so high up the list. But like I said, I, I based off of that criteria, and this one had such a good ensemble to me mm-hmm. that it had to go high up. It was Parks and Rec. Okay. And I can see that. So just just for context, The Office is not on my list. Yeah. Um, and I know some people will get mad at that, but I honestly do think that I like Parks and Rec way better than The Office. I like Seinfeld better than The Office, so don't feel bad. It's just because you find these, because in The Office, you find these characters that really, most of them don't like each other and don't yeah. have, I mean, they have good chemistry with comedy, but they don't, they don't have good chemistry with each other as in like, most of them aren't friends. <laughs> I'm just not good with, cringe comedy is not my thing. Yeah. And I feel like The Office had a lot of that. Yeah. And well, Parks and Rec definitely has some of that, but it's just The Office does it like every episode. Yeah. And that's something that, and I, I watched The Office and I like The Office. I just, it's not one of my favorites because I'm not as big on that concept, mm-hmm. you know. But Parks and Rec, one of the reasons I like it so much is because it's got really, like the same way that The Office tackles like jokes about the business world, the Parks and Rec goes that same concept but they do the government world mm-hmm. which is to me so much funnier because there's so much to make fun of about especially our local governments yeah <laughs> like it's and it's such smart comedy and the characters like except for andy andy obviously is not smart comedy but he sort of is in a way like they they sneak smart stuff in there but i just love characters who just are the they're just the dumbest possible character but they're so lovable and so nice that you can't help but like just mm-hmm. laugh at every single thing they say and sympathize with them no matter what they do. Uh, and that's Andy's definitely my favorite character on Par- Parks and Rec. Um, and he's played by Chris Pratt. Chris and you Pratt, know I love course. Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt. And also, it's Chris Pratt before Star-Lord where it's like... <laughs> then Wasn't the joke in the show, it's like the reason he got so ripped so quickly was like, I stopped drinking beer for a weekend. <laughs> <laughs> like he literally... He went from like this kind of schlubby guy... and. Directly into like like Star Lord level ripped Chris Pratt yeah in like like that because it's like yeah and, uh, I stopped drinking beer for a weekend yeah and <laughs> which is a good like, joke you can definitely see by the end of the series because the, the end of the series he this isn't a spoiler because like mm. it's just a bit he plays a character called Johnny Karate mm. and just it's so funny to see him playing a character that like because he he loves performing um the whether you're talking about chris pratt or andy he, mm-hmm. they both love performing and it's funny to see how a person like andy could because it's a, it's a kid's show so he brings so much to it and it's just it's so hilarious i, I just love I, I should i should stop bragging on andy because there's so much to love about all the other characters like mm-hmm. ron's deadpan humor and leslie's like never-ending optimism and just like the the awkward factor of Ben and his nerdiness and just like there's so much it, it's a it's the, it's what I was talking about with Seinfeld it's the the comedy dynamic of this group yeah you put them in a room and it will write itself like this is truly Parks and Rec is truly one of the best at the only 
ensemble that that tops them more than that is the show that I have right above that. And mm-hmm. I'll talk about that like soon, but Okay. Well my number four is the one you mentioned two ago, which is Team Titans. Yeah. I put Team Titans a little bit higher on my list. Um I think we were a good age for this show. I think it's one of the reasons me and you got into comic books the way we did. Mm-hmm. Where even there there was a period in time where my brain wouldn't equate Batman to or Robin to Batman, it would equate Robin to the Titans. Yeah. Even even to this day, or I'm, if you if you tell me Dick Grayson, I'm gonna think uh, Titans and Nightwing. Yeah. Like, that's my thing, and that's the reason he's definitely my favorite of the Robins. I know there's a lot of Damian fans, a lot of Jason Todd fans, Tim Drake fans, but Nightwing was always the one I was m- the most, the one I most liked. Yeah. And when people parody and make fun of Batman. They Robin usually becomes even more of a butt of the joke, yeah, because he's like the nerdier oh, golly little sidekick. Geez, Batman, Ex- exactly. But the the version of Robin they did in Teen Titans was literally my favorite character in almost all of animation, just because I just loved he's everything good. about it. And there's there's episodes where he grows, like he, there's an episode where he 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 doesn't think he's worthy enough to be with the Titans, so he leaves and goes training. And there's another ep- like any episode where he's any dynamic with Slade in that yeah. show where it's like he there's points in that show where he's ending up working for Slade because it's like well he's doing it for the Titans though because yeah. otherwise they're they're gonna die yeah um I I think they chose a good a good mix of characters for that show. Uh, to this day, I still have a real hard time picturing Cyborg the way he's normally depicted. Because yeah. if you say the word Cyborg to me, my brain instantly goes to the giant blue solar pads, yeah, the the Sonic Cannon stuff, like that that design. Yeah, yeah. And I love like because Cyborg in the Justice League movie even was so serious and so ashamed of himself. And of yeah. course, the Cyborg and T Titans had that, but he hid it behind the comedy, and it just. And they, it they just did better. it so well. Yeah, he it, he hit it behind definitely. comedy, but also it's like there were episodes dedicated to him, kind of the reason him experiencing that and him overcoming it. Yeah, the um when he fights uh the leader of the hive, and he basically I saw a cut of it earlier, like literally early in the week actually. Yeah, of someone playing with the Ultra Instinct music from Dragon Ball. It's like <laughs> okay. I, and I love the episode um, where he goes he goes undercover in the high school as yeah Vic, as Stone or Victor Stone because that one just it, it makes you so sad for him in a way because you see how much he really just wants to be a normal person but how much he also loves being a hero and where that conflict meets mm-hmm. and it's like every character had legitimate conflict and legitimate. And- Every season of that show focuses on one of the Titans mainly. Yeah. Or so like um Robin and Deathstroke's dynamic, uh Cyborg and the Hive, uh Beast Boy and the the Doomed Patrol, yeah. Raven and her father, Starfire Starfire is an interesting example cuz she's absolutely nothing like her comic counterpart and honestly I prefer I prefer the one from the TV show. Yeah. Starfire in comics is, it, it, it's just kind of this fantasy, like, love character for Dick Grayson is really what she is. Yeah. And and they, they've used her as that for a long time. They haven't changed it up much. That show 
completely flips the character around. She is n- nothing like the Starfire of a comic. She is a-, a completely different character, and I prefer that one, this one that's more naive but, like, is learning about this new world. Yeah. It's like... And, and like, the way that they set up the uh, the relationship between her and Robin... And it's a the, slow burn. Yeah, it's one exactly. It's a relationship that, like, deserves deserves it, it to happen. Yeah. Again, just, just like I was talking about Kim and Ron being, like, the childhood ship earlier, that, Starfire and Robin, even more than that, like, got to me because mm-hmm. I, I just, I absolutely adored Robin as a character, and I adored, like, the way that him and Starfire had a responsibility to to the the job they were doing more than they had a responsibility to each other. Mm-hmm. And obviously, I didn't think about that like that when I was a kid. But, Even you know. the minor things about the show, where it was like, I, I looked into, I've definitely looked, I look behind the scenes on everything I can. And with that show, they were like, no, they're gonna stay the heroes the whole time. We want kids to be able to identify with Robin, not Dick Grayson. Like yeah. they, I, they barely allude to his name like twice in the show. Yeah, in four or five seasons. It's it's so funny to me, and. So like, like like I was talking about ensemble mm-hmm. that, like that that's one of the reasons that ensemble is so important is because you see shows like that and you see why ensemble needs to be like the forefront because they they just make every story better by being friends and by working with each other and being around each other and and even if you want to talk about like the the characters that weren't front and center like Titans West I think they're called Titans East or whatever I think there was multiple different I, I don't there was different ones but like yeah um, there were characters in that I was just as kind of interested in. It's like Speedy being kind of this friendly rivalry for for Robin. I loved that dynamic, especially in the episode where they have the the weird Fight Club thing, yeah, the magical Fight Club thing where they were against each other. Uh, I, like as a kid, like Beast Boy was one of the coolest things to me. Yeah, like it's just like I, I they gave minor details to characters like oh yeah, Beast Boy would. Being a vegetarian makes so much sense. Yeah. Like, of course he would be. He turns into animals. Or Cyborg being a t- car guy. It's like yeah. these little things that, like... Or Starfire loving animals, yeah. loving Silky. Just giving these characters these little things that really deepen them. It's like the things they like, it really adds to any character. Yeah. If, you, if you ever have a character that you feel is flat or you feel... Um, feel doesn't have as much. G- give them something. Give yeah. them like a little thing to the 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 thing you think about the th- that likes the things you like. Yeah, like my brain is constantly going off about movies or like how to make something. While, but if if you give a character like oh this character is really into cooking, so yeah. this character if if they hear something it makes them think of that, and I think that really will deepen and enrich the characters, which this yeah. show did so well. And that's that's what like this show literally the characters were just so amazing and the characters being so amazing is one of the reasons why Teen Titans Go would end up on one of my least favorite uh, probably top ten least so, favorite shows list because they ruined it. Okay, Teen Titans Go. We'll address this. I didn't like it when it came out. Yeah, I, I wasn't on like the super like hate bandwagon for it but it wasn't a show i was gonna watch i recognize it's like it's for an even younger audience than what the original show was yeah however i will say what that show has done great is the self-awareness yeah like the movie is actually legitimately hilarious yeah. where you kind of once they shifted away from like this more kiddish type show to being to giving it the humor of a 
we we know what we are, so we're gonna embellish ourselves in it. Like, there's one line. There's literally an episode of Teen Titans Go where there's a kid, um, and Rob and Robin is like, "Uh, do you like the Teen Titans?" And it shows the old, or and it shows them or the Teen Titans, and it's the, it's the old show, and then the kid picks the the, the old show, the old show, <laughs> yeah. That would be enough, but then Cyborg even says it's like, nah, I get it. Animation wise, there's really no comparison. I mean, they—it's that kind of mean spirited self about itself that I find hilarious. Have you seen the movie where they they put both groups together? No, <sighs> it's the the worst part. That's not about the, it to me. The one where they're trying to get a movie is it? No, that's no, the that's I've seen. That was the movie they put in the movie theaters. But yeah, this one I only good. saw on like YouTube. But it was it was the original Teen Titans group because it was like a multiverse movie. Yeah. Um, with the Teen Titans Go group. Oh. And the whole movie they're making jokes about how much how much better the Teen Titans group is. Yeah. Um, but the thing that, the th- I think the reason that the Teen Titans because when I first watched Teen Titans Go, it did not bother me at all. Yeah, I thought it was funny. I, I was it was a thing that Titans existed. Comment. Yeah, exactly. But the the longer it went on, and the more I realized that we weren't getting any more Teen Titans, mm-hmm. the original Teen Titans. That's when I started to really resent the show. I think that's what a lot happened to a lot of fans of that old show, where you were realizing it's like, oh, this show was canceled early. Yeah, and where it's not gonna happen like, now. If they would have given Teen Titans its full run and actually done it justice, mm. if I the would show be had okay. ended instead of being canceled, yes, I feel like the he- Black Ash would have been way worse because or would have been way better. If they were gonna bring back Teen Titans property, they should have. They should have fixed their mistake in canceling the original one, but instead yeah. they put all their money behind this, this thing that ruined the Starfire Robin ship. That ruined, like, and I shouldn't say ruined because, like you said, it's it's not the same at all. Yeah, it's, we we can't look at it as the same, but then again, it's hard to because it's the exact same characters, the exact same style, exactly. But with a well, simpler that art a style, good point. Super humor. The the reason that I think that show. Got the hate, hate it did because it's like you you changed the characters of that and the comedy dynamic was like the the thing is it's like it's not like it's not like uh Ninja Turtles or something where it's like so every character the original one was like that where it's like every character had their defined thing it's like you have the tech guy or you have the the goofy character or whatever they were all different they yeah. were all different characters with Teen Titans Go it was like you can hand any line to any character and it's it's going to get the same level of reaction. Yeah. Whereas you get more interesting comedy in sh- scenarios when you give when you give the correct line or the correct tena- scenario to the correct character. Yeah. So if like if if Beast Boy is in like a dark situation, it's a little bit funnier than if Raven was in it. Yeah. Or if if um, or if Raven is dealing with, uh, the, I think there's an episode where like they're in some kind of hallucinant thing, and her like her thing is like it's all just really cute stuff, and she hates yeah. that. Like the TV show episode that only works with that character. Yeah. Well, I feel like you lose some of that in the and other side. It's like they the because I, I think I see what they were trying to do with Teen Titans because they tried to flip it on its head. Because every character is almost basically the antithesis of what they originally were. Mm-hmm. Robin is definitely the stupidest and most useless member of the Teen Titans. Yeah, Beast Beast Boy and Cyborg are kind of the same, except for they're both stupider, obviously. Uh, Raven loves My Little Pony and stuff like that, and she's just more which I hateful. Can, that, I guess that is 
a juxtaposition where you have this dark character, but like, how long can you carry that joke? Yeah, it, it's just like, it's like they they tried so hard to turn it on its head, or to tried so hard to make it more of a kids show that they really lost what was magic with the original show, in in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But um, like like you said, like I do I do understand the point, but I I will never get over the fact that we never. And we probably will never get another Teen Titans series we'll on the ending that la- that, because that conclusion. And to me, it's almost because of Go. Because if they didn't have Go as an option, they could have done an, like a last season of the original show. So, mm-hmm. but we we spent basically two segments talking about this because we both had it. So I think because we both I think had we're good it on, on our Teen list because <laughs> we we were a good age for it. Yeah, I forgot where even are we? Are we on mine or we're yours now? About because um, that was my four. Yeah. So you're on your three now. I got okay. it right. Got it right. Finally. So my number three is another ensemble that I freaking love, and I talk about the show so much. Another group of characters. It is Community. Okay, Community was an honorable mention for me. Yeah, because it's just, it's the fact that they adapt the genres of different, different movies and the styles, and uh, it's just every character has their own, like like we were just talking about. Every character has their own, their Corpse. own. They yeah. have their own desires. They have their own quirks. They're all different characters. Yeah. And you, it, like I was saying earlier, you put them in a room, literally in community's case. Yeah. And the comedy will write itself. Yeah. You, you will give them a scenario, and every character will react to that scenario differently. Community took things to a slightly higher level of being meta and being, um, being a little bit, um. Of course, it's it's Dan Harm a Dan Harmon show, so like yes, the, it's got his brand all over that of like yeah, the, not smarter comedy, but more more complex. Yeah, and they even did did like enough to go in the like the cast evaluations. It's not even a part of the series, you know. I think it's a part of the might be part of the DVD, mm-hmm. but even that is just another comedy bit. Like the reason there's so many. Like, you can go on YouTube and look up Community, and you will see so many videos that just say, like, one moment from each episode of Community. Yeah. Because if you just watch one moment from each episode, you'll be like, what the hell is going on in this show? Because it's insane. Because just, it just jumps everywhere. And part of that is my is my brain that just loves all this different versatile stuff. But part of it is just the fact that they use the same characters in all these different situations, and it always works so well. It always works. And, like, one of my favorite, of course... My favorite episode of Community is the G.I. Joe episode. Yes. Where it's like, there's this, you took G.I. Joe and really and put this like depressing background story to it. Like this this depressing sub-layer yeah. behind it. And like, the p- Community was always like making fun of something really depressing. Yeah. You know? Yeah, definitely. Because like you, you look at an episode where like... There's an evil version of all the characters, mm-hmm. and th- first of all, that the first time that episode, first time that's mentioned, amazing episode, um, the chaos theory episode, I think it's called. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not exactly called that, but some something chaos theory. The the uh, the, the the dice or whatever. Or, yeah, this yeah. The episode where they throw the dice up yeah. and stuff like that. But when when evil Abed comes back later, you find out that it's it's because Abed is having trouble coping with something. Yeah. So it's like it's not even it's not this magical concept. It's just it's manifestation of something else. Yeah, it, it's just it's just the fact that their world 
works so well with all these different concepts because a community college is a pretty crazy place. Yeah. And they just did, went to the complete extreme of that. <laughs> yeah. You you took it to its logical extreme. Yeah. Commu- and I think that's about all I can say about it. But, like, it was definitely a show that was, like, I watch it for one reason, being, like, the overanalyzing script, like, guy who's going to, like, read the script to a movie he likes and stuff like that. Yeah. And, and then my other friends can watch it. It's like, yeah, it's got some good jokes. <laughs> no, I, I love I love watching these episodes and just thinking about thinking about how much work went into adapting this, this style. Like the paintball episodes, I love. Um, they did they did so many different genres and themes that I can't even I could not possibly cover all of them. The Dungeons and Dragons episode, even though I haven't seen the first one because it's banned off everything, um, I've heard that episode is like one of the best episodes of Community, which is kind of a shame. I remember the one with. You remember the one with, uh, with the old guy and his son. Yeah, yeah that's to... the one I remember. There was actually two Dungeons and Dragons episode. The first one got banned because um, the character Chang's character, uh-huh. um, he was dressing up as a dark elf and painted himself completely oh, black. Okay. And they made a joke, being like, "Dude, that's not okay." In the in the show, and he was like, "What? I'm not trying to do that." It, they did the Tropic Thunder, where it's like. You're like, doing it, but it's in the it's you're well, being self aware about it doing it, but it's still doing well. The no, because it wasn't. He wasn't even trying to portray uh, a black person. He was trying to portray but, like a character, but it. But the joke it just was looked that like it he was trying like, to do it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Oh, and that's that's why you can't find it anywhere on a streaming service because nobody's no going to touch that. Like it's like how old Looney Tunes cartoon you have to have they on the DVD they have like Whoopi Goldberg come out and be like, listen, this was another time, but we can't. We can't erase this. Yeah. Oh, that's that's a that's a tough one. Yeah. No, I I can't I can't really speak on it because I haven't seen the episode. I don't know what else they say about it or I'm what else they do about, about it. it. I just I would just like to see it simply because I would I'd like to see all of community. That's the only reason I want to mm-hmm. see it, not for any novelty reason or because I think that's funny. It's just, you know. Mhm. Okay. All right. What am I up to? My three. Three? Yeah. Okay. My three is the reason that there were no Star Wars movies on my top favorite movie list. I love Star Wars. I think Star Wars is great. I am firmly firmly believe that Star Wars is a much better franchise suited for television than it is for movies. Because most of the Star Wars movies suck. And the lore that goes into those... That's what but I was saying earlier. Most TV of the Star Wars TV shows are great. Yeah. So my number three is Star Wars: The Clone Wars. Okay. This show was so clearly made by people who both loved and hated the prequels. Yes. Because it was like, oh yeah, you've got this clear idea. It, it, it's the closest thing to what I imagine like George's vision being of 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 this history, of this lore, of of these of these years. Of, of the of the uh leading up to the empire um and how Sidious slowly took everything over and what was happening between all the episodes and I'll be fair it's like not every episode is a banger but I would say there's probably a better rate of good episodes to bad episodes and they're all good Star Wars movies to bad Star Wars movies because mm. I'm gonna be real I like I like Star Wars a lot, 
but I'm gonna say go. I'm gonna say that there's about four good movies. That's less than half. so the original trilogy, and you like three. You wait, gonna, now I'll even throw Force Awakens or oh wait a minute, I'll throw Force Awakens and Rogue One in. Okay, I didn't know you were counting Rogue One. I forgot Rogue it existed really to be honest. Have you wait, have you seen Solo? Yeah, I've seen Solo. I didn't like it. I did not see Solo. It was, you know what? There's a there's a reason on planet Earth why the word meh exists. Yeah, and it's because of that. Oh, it's because poor. of that movie. And I like we just talked about like a childish Gambino thing. I love childish Gambino. Or I guess I oh, say Donald we'll Glover. feel great because Donald yeah. Glover's getting a Lando series. Oh wait, and he was good as Lando. Yeah, he, no, he he was fine as Lando. Okay, That's good. Then I definitely I'm I'm definitely gonna go back and watch Solo. Um, but. I, I'm also really excited for him to get a series because I, I just love Ch- Donald Glover. That's one thing we didn't mention with Community is how great the cast is. Yes. Like across the board. Just even outside of the ensemble of the characters, the cast is just all stars. But Clone Wars, even the the one one of my favorite... Um, now that I look at this, I, I made a glaring exception from this list not putting any Gendy Tartakovsky shows on here, like Samurai Jack or... Powerpuff Girls or anything like that. Yeah. Because he did, he also did the two th- 2001 2D Clone Wars show, which oh. is where Grievous came from and all this stuff. Yeah. It's a really good show. The next step is the, is the, is the 3D show. And this show, it looks good. It, it, it makes me realize it's like, oh, this is why Jedi are cool. Yeah. Literally, I think it might actually be the first episode is Yoda crash lands with some clones and like are they have to make this meeting with this representative of course uh Dooku's assassin Ventress is there. Yeah. Um there's a point where Yoda um a he just tears through some droids. You're like, "Oh yeah, you're like the grandmaster of the Jedi and this is why you it shows here." Yeah, yeah. And and on one hand, you can argue it's like, should Yoda even be fighting at all? But like, it when he does though, it's cool. Yeah, <laughs> it just with that type of character, that kind of Gandalf character. Um, there's a point in that episode where he force pulls both Aventress's lightsabers just from her, looks at them, makes some comment, and just throws them back to her because she's that little of a threat to him. Yeah, like you're you're the top assassin. For the separatists, and I, and he, you are nothing to this little green dude. Yeah, it 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 deeps every character. It deeps Yoda. It 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 goes further into Obi Wan. It it gives Obi Wan. There's full theories. It's like people thinking that uh, a particular character is Obi Wan's son because yeah. it, it might be alluding to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it it really takes it takes Anakin and treats him the way that Obi Wan talks about him in A New Hope. It's like he was the best starfighter in the galaxy. Yes. And a, a skilled general. And he's all of these great things. Not to mention, it adds ca- new characters that I love. Captain Rex is hands down one of the greatest Star Wars characters. Yeah. Not to mention, my hands down favorite Jedi of all time, Ahsoka Tano, was introduced into this That's show. That's what I was going to say. She goes from... If you want to talk about a character's evolution, yeah, she goes from this annoying little side character, this annoying little Padawan for Anakin, yeah, to becoming one of the greatest, most well-developed characters in all of Star yeah. Wars. And the show's only like five seasons, yeah. And it, of course, it's all these 
three episode three or like two to four episode arc, or one to four episode arcs for yeah. everything. And I just I loved I love the fact that they were able to bring Ahsoka into it and make her such a famous Star Wars character. She she's getting her own show now. Which she she was really like one of the best things that came out of it. Just yeah. like Batman the Animated Series created Harley Quinn and she got famous. Like I hope Ahsoka gets the same treatment. She has, to be honest. Yeah. Like she is a fan favorite at this point. And honestly, Batman the Animated Series was a honorable mention for me. Yeah. We'll, yeah. we'll get we gotta remember to go through our honorable mentions. Um but Star Wars the Clone Wars, like yes, not every episode is the ba- is just fantastic. But most of them are. Mm-hmm. Mo- most of them in really add some layers to this world the same way Mandalorian does. Yeah, yeah. Um ma- and I think the track record is that and I think even Disney's realizing this Star Wars works better as to TV shows. Yeah. Like we got like 10 Star Wars shows that were announced. And you know what? I'm going to watch them. I'm going to oh, watch yeah. all of them because I think that is the best platform for Star Wars. I yeah. think that's the best medium. And everyone was, was saying that Disney and, was going to do all this terrible stuff with Star Wars. But honestly, I think that Disney is not as as bad as people say because they've done so much good stuff. Like The Mandalorian has been game-changing for Star Wars. You're right when people are on it that care about the product. I think the problem is the movies were given to people who didn't give a shit about Star Wars. Yeah. I think I've got a lot of problems with Abrams. Yeah. But and I will even defend The Last Jedi. It's like I like some of the ideas that Ryan Johnson was throwing out. And I like Ryan Johnson's stuff. I love Knives Out. That's a great movie. Yeah. Um but it do, what it doesn't have is the love. You can look at what Dave Filoni has done with Mandalorian, Clone Wars and all of that. All those shows, Rebels, all those shows and be like, this was made by someone who gets this world, who loves this world, and wants to see it done right. Yeah. And wants to see it done with effort. And, okay, that's all I've got. So you're number two now. I I want you to, because you, you know what my two favorite shows are. Your two favorite show, okay. But and I definitely know what your number one are one is. Are they both? They both start with the same letter, so... Both start with the same. Okay, I definitely know what your number one is. What else starts okay, with an uh, A? Let me let me let me tell you. My number two. If middle school me knew that I put oh, this show as number two, Adventure he would be Time. Angry. Yes, Adventure Time. He would be so mad at me. But it's, it it, it I love Adventure Time, right? And because it, it grew up with me. Here's the thing that when Adventure Time came out, 2010, I was either eight or nine years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and it started out as this ridiculous, colorful cartoon with these funny characters and, uh, you know, Jake the dog, like, oh yeah, he's, he's in the same movie. I was still in elementary school and as I got older, I, Adventure Time got deeper and you could see more story. You could see more like love it between characters. It is the definition of a just, slow burn. It, it was just, and people, that's what a lot of people judge it and they're like, oh yeah, Adventure Time, that's ridiculous, you know, that. But if they knew what was going on, if you knew all the story behind Adventure Time, mm-hmm. I swear you you wouldn't. I'm saying you, but I know you appreciate. Yeah, it. Yeah, I Time. love Adventure Time. People, people who judge Adventure Time, they they would not be saying the same things if they actually knew what the show was about and all the stuff that went into it, all the lore and that show could be. It, it reminds me of a D and D game where you just build. That was actually such... a big. A very very big um, inspiration. It's uh, where you created this world building is on par with 
with Star Wars, with Lord of the Rings, with with some of the greatest worlds in yeah. like fiction. The it's Land like, of Ooh is amazing. Like every time they make an Adventure Time video game, it's good, but I always think they could do better, better. because there's so much to explore. There's it's literally a show called Adventure Time. Mm-hmm. I believe that they should make an Adventure Time game where it's literally just about you doing whatever you want and adventuring, and there's always something new to find. It, that, it, that's my one desire for an Adventure Time video game. It, it's so colorful, the art, I love it. It's a, it's one of those things where it's like your art doesn't have to be complex to be appealing. Yeah. It, it, it can be fairly simple, but like if it gets the point across and it looks good, it's like it doesn't really matter. Yeah, and uh, I mean... I didn't. I didn't say it had a great ensemble because J- Finn and Jake don't need. They're great. To all duo. the extra characters, but all the extra characters are just. Are we gonna neglect the fact that me and you are basically Finn and Jake? <laughs> like if we, if you if you look at this, I was you... like, wait, who's who? Oh wait, you have the long blonde hair. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm. I'm <laughs> and I'm obviously, like, wait a minute. Put me in the hat. <laughs> I was about to say I'm. I'm smaller. And I have a higher voice, mm-hmm. so sometimes it, you know I'd be like, "Oh, my Finn," but no, I'm I have to. Be I also Jake. feel like you're the well, maybe I don't know which one of us. Neither of us are the voice of reason. <laughs> neither. I, it depends the situation because we you know we ask we we ask each other for advice, um, and sometimes one of us has an idea and the other one's like, so we actually switch back and forth between that between that role. I I that that show. You just go into like the rest of the cast. It's like I remember all of the characters. I remember Rainicorn. Yeah. I remember Bubblegum. I remember Mr. Peppermint. Is his name? Or Peppermint Butler. Peppermint Butler. Or, yeah, Cinnamon that's his Bun name. and just Cinnamon Bun. Uh, Marceline. Ooh, I, even... Marceline the Ice King. Yeah. Hands down, my favorite oh. characters in that show. Dude, and that's those are two characters that like seem completely unrelated, and then you but... realize how related. Exactly. They have because when they're when they're both introduced, they're introduced completely separately, mm. and they're like one's a villain, one is a villain for one episode, and then mm. becomes a sort Member of, of the cast. fun sarcastic yeah. hero, and just but but then you just see the story behind them, and that episode still like makes it's me emotional. Rough. All the episodes they have with Marceline and Ice King, building up their relationship is good. I, I I particularly remember like the episodes that um. Where Marshalline was dealing with her dad, she's got a real Raven type relationship with her father, with yeah. like Raven and Trigon, or dude, Marshalline and, and her dad. It's so funny because you can put the Teen Titans cast up beside the Adventure Time cast. It's like and <laughs> each one has like an <laughs> actually a... pretty good, yeah. Because you know, Beast Boy would be Jake, Finn would be Robin, uh, Bimo would be Cyborg, Cyborg. <laughs> and Marshalline. Princess Bubblegum is obviously Starfire, and yeah. Marshalline is um Raven. Is Raven. That works way too well. I know. I want that fan art. I'm gonna make that now. No, when I was when I was literally in elementary school, I thought of that and I wanted to make that fan art, but I had no drawing skills. And then I saw it online. You're gonna and get I was an jealous. email in about three days. <laughs> they like, you. "What the fuck? You talk about my idea on your podcast? I'm sorry." No, I'm I'm gonna make it and email it to you. Oh, that's, that's what's gonna happen. I'm gonna be bored and I'm gonna be drawing. I'm gonna be talking to people on Discord and be like, "I need drawing ideas." Oh wait, that thing we talked about. And you're just going to be, dude, if you can make me some, like a blend between the two worlds in one mm-hmm. picture, because if you could, if you could somehow morph the tree fort and the Titans tower together <laughs> as one building, tree. like that, that would be magnificent. <laughs> That's the one thing it needs. Ad- Adventure time is to this day. It's like, I love it. It's such, and this like the jokes, the jokes always hit me like. 
like I, the same reason I love Andy from Parks and Rec uh-huh. is one of the biggest reasons I love Jake is because he's such a lovable character, but sometimes he just says the most random stuff, and it mm-hmm. just always it always gets me. Like, but Jake is more of a voice of reason, obviously smarter and more of a voice of reason than mm-hmm. Andy. But Jake has that like thing that we both have, where he can just like he cannot pay attention to one thing for too long. Just, oh, you mean ADHD? <laughs> you mean we're both we both cannot ENFP, stay on a topic H- long ADHD, enough. ADHD, like whatever you want to call it. He's just you realize I couldn't that keep prime character. you couldn't I couldn't keep ten numbers straight, right? <laughs> like I got lost like five times between ten and three. But we're talking about stuff we're passionate about. It's it's actually very it's it makes a lot of sense that we get lost in these shows. All right, all right. So you're number two. My number two. We're finally taking a break. From animation after, let's see, one, two, three, four in a row of animation. My number two is Breaking Bad. Okay. That's a very, very different tone from from the rest of this. <laughs> yes. Not really, because I'm going to tell you why. It's another look into characters. Because the, these, you give me the premise of Breaking Bad, and I would tell you, it's like, eh, it sounds like a good idea. It sounds like. It's like a chemistry school teacher gets cancer and has to cook meth to support his family. You tell me that, you hand me that on a piece of paper, and I would I would read that, and I'd be like, it could be interesting. And then you just blow my mind yeah. with what you presented. Breaking Bad Season 2 is probably one of my favorite on-screen relationships, some of the best cinema I've seen ever. Yeah, the, you were ta- We were talking about good romances. Jane and Jesse. First of all, I love both of those actors, Kristen Ritter and Aaron Paul. Yeah, both fantastic. And those two are—they play off each other so well, and where it goes in the show is so well. Yeah, so well done. And Walt goes through. It takes him five seasons, but he goes through an entire character arc. He goes through an entire uh, story circle of like. You start here. You are this type. You are this Mister Rogers type character. And by the end of it, you're fucking Scarface. Yeah. You you you're Heisenberg. You you went from Walter White to Heisenberg. Yeah. And the 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 show was, of course, it was beloved by everyone. It was so it's so well done. Here's how I can know a show is well done is when I can show it to my dad and he wants to keep watching it to me with me. Yeah. Because I'm like. A lot of the stuff I'm into, he's just not. Like, my dad's not going to watch Shiro with me. Yeah. He just says he's not going to. So do I make him watch Adventure Time? He might leave the room. <laughs> uh, He actually didn't like me watching Adventure Time when I was younger. He you thought it was too weird. Preston's parents actually wouldn't let him watch Adventure Time, but not for the same reason. It's because they used the word sexy multiple times in that first season, and his parents were like, nope, this is weird. Uh, I don't like this. This is inappropriate. Get it off the TV. <laughs> All right. But Breaking Bad, Breaking Bad, I think it's just it, it. You look at every character and you are immediately felt with a different emotion. For and it's different for every person. Yeah. People love Gus or hate him. Um, people love Walt or hate Walt or love to hate him or hate to love him. Yeah, yeah. Jesse is the only character. Jesse is my favorite character out of that show because he's the only one I think that deserves. Deserves the love. Walt. Walt. Does. He. He. You. He's tragic at the. At the very beginning. But. 
we watch him do these terrible things and continue to do these terrible things. And yes, you know his reasons. Yeah. And yes, in some eyes, those reasons can be valid. But I think, I think Walt, he eventually doesn't, he's still, he's not a, he's not, he becomes the villain, but he's not the villain. Like, yeah. his, the, um, when it comes to like, the 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 back and forth between all these characters it's great uh hank hank always is one of the most for the situation at hand he is one of the most capable television cops i'll give him that yeah like even though it's always right under his nose yeah he's still very it's not like die hard where he's a buffoon yeah quentin lance (laughs) Uh, that works too or it's um if you and how every character bounces off of each other. Uh, Skylar and Walt, their whole relationship. There's a lot of people who hate Skylar. Yeah. Like, hate her. And I always just felt bad for her. It's yeah. like, this wasn't, you didn't ask for this, but it's what it's what happened. I, I saw a great, this has nothing to do with the show, but I saw a great tweet that was like, sum up the American healthcare system in like one sentence. It's just like, tell them that there's a show about a chemistry teacher who has to sell meth to provide for his family (laughs) it's like you summed it up there you go yeah um that's american healthcare for you but it's just in the way this show uses color if you if you ever have time look at the color chart for breaking bad and how it starts versus how it ends because it's dramatically different and it's dramatically different gradually where it gets darker and darker in these, and each color res- resembles something different in the show. Yeah, like red involves a lot of murder or blood. Um, blue, of course, relates to the blue meth that Walter cooks. It, it, every uh, purple with um, oh, what's her name? Hank's wife. I can't remember her name uh, right black now. Black hair. Um, yeah, I can't uh, remember her name. Um, Marie. Yeah. Um. Where she's kind of in this in between, between like, uh, she's she's between blue and purple, which is her husband who's in the DEA and who's dealing with this blue meth, and Walt, who is this character who is uh, murdering and doing all these terrible things at times, it's yeah. putting bodies into barrels to have them melt. Yeah, it it it's just one of those, um, it's just one of those shows where. It is. I'm on the edge of my seat, and it's so. It's also a great example with um, Chekhov's gun, the the writing principle of like, if something appears in your, if if there's a gun on the wall, in a scene in Act One, in Act Two or Three, it should be used, or else why was it there? Yeah. The Breaking Bad, I would argue, has one of the ultimate Chekhov's gun with the ricin poison, where it it's. It, no spoiler, not really spoiler, but it doesn't get used. It, it's presented in season one. It's not technically used used until season five. Like it, it's a plot point multiple times throughout the show, yeah. but it's not used in the traditional sense until like season five. God, I think, I think this show could be could be studied in by how good it is at evolving characters because no character begins the show the same way it ends jesse goes from this punk kid to this sympathetic 
not hero, but someone that you you want him to win. In yeah. my eyes, it's different for everyone in the show. Yeah, <clears throat> Walt goes from Mister Rogers to Scarface. Yeah, Skyler goes. She go. She she get. You feel bad for her at times, but she's also like terrible at other points. So like, does she deserve it or not? Yeah, it, it is the perfect encapsulation of a full character's arc. Your number one is what we're up to. Uh, I know, know your number, number one. Is. It's Arrow. Is it Arrow? And I know I will get a lot of crap, and I always get a lot of crap for saying that I like yeah. Arrow. Because people, most everybody I talk to about the Arrowverse is like, oh, yeah, I watched The Flash, but I don't watch Arrow. Or I watched, the, I watched uh, Supergirl, but I don't watch Arrow. And I'm like, I know it's not everyone's cup of tea. I understand that. But everyone who trashes on it, I'm just like, the reason I love it so much is because I have a real respect for the idea of of the character of Oliver Queen. Of the Green Arrow. And, and of course, I mean, no, Oliver Queen. I, I, I love the Green Arrow, of course, but like just the person that that could create that and could do that is more interesting to me than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, because, of course, he went through this long journey, but I love season one. Mm-hmm. Seeing somebody who's been who's been through like trauma that we don't even know about yet just come back and be this completely different person, be a complete mystery and try to juggle living a normal life and doing what he believes is best. What he believes is going to save the city. Yeah, and of course, we know now that mm. it, he was right, but he sacrificed so much along that to way. To do that and it's just like I I just I just love seeing him develop into even more than he already was when he came back from the island. Mhm. He he had already gone through a full arc within the yeah. first episode, and then you made him go through a new. He he had exited yeah. his 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 starting reality and ended up in a new one. Yeah. At the beginning of the show, and then then he's at a new. He's in his new reality. Yeah. For all the the hero's journey folks out there, for all the writing majors. Yeah, yeah. He's in a new reality, and then he's goes through it again by the end. He goes through it with throughout the seasons. Yeah. That's what's so that is like a very incredibly interesting point is that Oliver has already been through a story by this point in yeah. time. He, you know, and, and all the deep stuff, all the stuff they reveal using the flashback format, I also love because you don't you don't know, like for some reason in the first first season you find out he can he can speak Russian. We don't find out why he can speak Russian until like what season four. Mm-hmm. Like we have no idea. So they're they're literally. <clears throat> they had this the whole seed. story laid out before they even started the show, and they used that to, to just make this really, really interesting dynamic between the Oliver that was, the Oliver that is, and the Oliver that we now know mm-hmm. he's going to end up being. And and what spiraled out of it was, yeah, not some, and TV shows, and then some, but some also some really good ones. Yeah, like Flash for, is is an honorable mention for me. Um. Uh, I have my problems with Supergirl because of what it turned into with the that, that that's it, it, there's some issue like it, it's just the message that it was like trying to push too hard. I just wanted a TV show it was and it an was ex- trying to tell me something. Yeah, it was an example of like putting your message before the story when yeah. in reality a story should come first and it should relay that message. Yeah. You shouldn't start with that. You should you should have it become. It yeah. should come out of the story. And even even though I didn't like 
that it did whether that. or not, not you agree with those whether or not you agree with what the 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 things that that show is pushing like my myself i agree with most of what they were on about yeah with what's that show talked about but it needs to be presented in a way that like the way it's the difference in something appearing naturally and having your own the way a twilight zone episode would do it where it's like you're gonna think about this yourself and that's yeah. what's gonna cause people to think or change yeah but maybe that show's not maybe i'm giving the show too much credit maybe it's not trying to change maybe it's not yeah. trying to change other people maybe it's just it's I don't just know. telling them like we believe this suck it. but that like okay i i don't even want to talk about supergirl like i said i didn't that's, get up on supergirl i'm still thing. watching supergirl i didn't stop watching it because of that i just no. have my problems with it but arrow i know a lot of people say like the, the later seasons yes they did have their problems but you have to so realize community. Yeah. Yes. Because Dan Harmon left and that there was that big problem. But like the only reason Arrow got to that point was because they had to they had to keep telling the flashback stories and they had to keep relating it to that. And I mean, at the end of the first season, part of the city is destroyed. Mm-hmm. At the end of the second season, a, a whole army of people marched onto the city. So like they're trying to mount. They're trying to get bigger and bigger each time, and mm-hmm. I feel like sometimes they didn't know where to go. Mm-hmm. But of course, now we know that season eight ended with literally like the biggest possible disaster that could happen. But Oliver saved everyone; like he's the reason. And I, I that's that's one of my favorite things about Arrow is that season eight was actually really good. They gave him the best possible last season they could have. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, and people say that the Green Arrow and the Canaries episode was actually a waste. I don't agree. I believe I believe now that it was kind of a waste because they did a backdoor backdoor pilot for a series that they that did decide not to make. Yeah. yeah, but um, I, I I do believe the story of Mia and the legacy that Oliver carried is just as important as what Oliver did while he was alive. Mm-hmm. So that's that's my opinion on the on this at least the last season. Right. My number one. My number one. It's not gonna be as controversial as yours. My number one is a show that I know is beloved by a lot of people. Yeah. By a lot of people, and it's a show I grew up with. It is a show. I'm gonna show my age. It is a show I remember going to Blockbuster to get DVDs of to watch. Avatar: The Last Airbender. Oh, what a good pick. It has taken every. It took everything I've talked about in these previous lists. Yeah. Whether it is the world building from Clone Wars or the character arcs in Breaking Bad or the animation of Love, Death, and Robots and Animaniacs and Tiny Toons, it takes all of that and use it and does it all perfect. Yes. It is so close. It is so close to being the perfect television show. Yeah. And me who loves. Uh, who loves martial arts and loves uh, mystical or like the uh, hard magic systems of this sh- of these types of shows where Avatar has the has rules to how the characters work, how this world works, and how the characters interact with it. Yeah. A waterbender can only be bend water, and they can do other things at certain points, whether it's a full moon or whatever. Yeah. Mm, excuse me. Ang. Aang goes through a complete character arc, arc with, he starts as like this kid who ran away because he was scared. 
he was scared of what of what he was supposed to become. He didn't know how to become. He he was crippled by pressure. He didn't know he was he was too afraid of what of what he would have he was too afraid that he would fail. Yeah. at becoming the avatar. And by running away, he it got immensely worse. Yeah. It, this is a children's show that opens on a genocide. A successful genocide. Yeah. The the air nomads are gone. He is alone. And he, he develops this new family with Sokka and Katara and Toph. Toph is one of the most it, it's one of those characters where I'm like, you took you took this this element that only works in this world. You took her ability to bend, to be able to manipulate the earth, and you made it you gave made it where her what perceived in our world be a weakness is actually her greatest strength. Yes, the fact that she's blind made her the greatest earthbender there ever was. Yeah. Um. And then, but each but and Toph alone, she she breaks that. She she even kind of parallels anguish. Like she was this one thing. Oh, hit my mic. She was this one thing. She um, she was this. Kind of rich kid who was who was sneaking away because she didn't want want her. She didn't think her parents would accept her, and she was kind of right. <laughs> um, and so she ran off with Aang. But yeah. as opposed to where Aang left and everything got worse, Toph left and everything got better. Yeah, for her, she 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 was able to help end a hundred year war. Yeah, and I think that's a really good like contrast because Aang ran away because he was scared. And Toph, yeah, she was scared that her parents would accept her, but she was she wasn't scared of being the person that she was, yeah. which is what Aang was. So she, you know, that that's really the best the best way to put these two characters beside each other. It it has the elements we talked about with other shows, where it's like you put these characters together and it 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 will write itself. Zuko, we haven't even mentioned Zuko, oh the greatest gosh. redemption of a character I have seen in a long time. Yeah, where you you. You have this character. You have the cliche of a character, the bad guy becoming the good guy. We've seen this. Dragon Ball has done this forever. Yeah. Um, it it goes back to even older folk tales than that. But, um, Zuko, he has this. He has this. The desire of him. It's like for the first two seasons. It's capture the Avatar. It's the only way he'll be accepted back by his father. By his sister, or by and, and his mother's not around, but like by his nation, yeah, it, it is supposed to be his destiny. When he realizes, no, Aang's destiny is to become the Avatar. Zuko's destiny was to capture the Avatar, but it was the destiny that wasn't made for him. It was one that was forced upon him. Yeah. And 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 he when he realizes, like, no, that's not, that's not what I am. That's not what I'm gonna be. I'm I'm gonna go. He literally confronts his father and is like, "No, I'm going to join the Avatar, and we're gonna stop you." Yeah. Um, you want to talk about one of the cr- most cry heavy moments I've ever had in my life is "Leaves from the Vine." I oh. cannot hear those notes without tearing up. I I can't think about it without getting sad about it. Yeah. Iroh, Iroh is another example of a character who's gone through an arc. He's gone through everything. He 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 successfully was toppling nations. Yeah. And he dis and until it resulted in him losing his son. And at that point on he realized, no, 
from now on, I'm no longer a warmonger. I'm no longer, uh, I'm no longer gonna pillage nations. I, I'm, I'm done. I'm going the life of peace from now on. Yeah. And he, he, he's, he, he was redeemed. He's redeemed in the same way Zuko will later be redeemed. Yeah. Zuko will be redeemed, aimed and become join the good side in this scenario. Yeah. Eventually as well. And having them paired together, it's such a good foil. Yeah. It's so well done. And if if, if we want to get to the more technicals, the fights, you, you've you've based all of the, the way that these characters move off the real martial arts, so it all looks great. Yeah. They all move. They all flow in great ways. And the animation is astounding. It was one of the... It was like Teen Titans where this was the fir- one of the first times where... Um, the Western audience um, really was really more exposed to anime styles. Um, Teen Titans and Avatar were both abundant with that. Where, the, yes, the Toonami era had happened, but th- this was the first time it was happening here. Yeah. Because these were American shows. And it, for all of these reasons, for every reason I've talked about for why these other shows are great. The world building. The animation. The characters. Avatar creates all of it. And puts it all into three seasons. Yeah. Just three seasons. Granted they're like 20 something episodes a piece. Three seasons of the greatest television to ever be aired. Yeah. And I, the other thing about, I, about Iroh though is like. He kind of gets a double a double redemption because like you said he was the general he's the warmonger he decided to become peaceful but then he realizes like you know like he has to work himself up when he's in prison that the only way to keep peace is by to become a fighter again yeah which is you know comes up with him and the, white, the, lotus. White, the white lotus and just everything that he did for zuko was him you know trying to help zuko find a way to fight for what was right and i can not to cut you off, but the, I forgot to completely no, yeah. mention the the culturals of of the show, the culture in the show. You took you took various facets from different cultures of Chinese, Japanese, um, um, Inuit is the correct word for the for the for the term that the water tribes are best based off of. Yeah, I think that's right. Okay, I I wanted to make really sure because I'm like, which one is the offensive term? Um. I don't know the offensive term for that, so I, I couldn't tell you. I don't know either. Yeah. But I could be completely wrong. I if I am, I'm sorry. But um all these culture all these show all these all the four nations are based off of different real world cultures and it presents a lot of them. The Avatar there's a whole episode where Aang goes into like what are chakras and what 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 are they and how they explain they explain it to yeah, and granted, it means something different in this world, but it's still things that are a part of our reality. Yeah. Um. The, the the, kind of uh, industrialization of the Fire Nation in wartime parallels that of Japan during World War Two. Yeah. Where it's like you became a much more technologically futuristic, um, futuristic point past that once once you because of wartime but once you were out of wartime we see in legend of korra 
there's just this industrial revolution that happens. And I haven't talked about Korra, but I, I, I think it's a great show too. Yeah. It, granted, it's hard to live up to the legacy of Avatar, and I think that's why it kind of had the Teen Titans Go effect of like a certain level of backlash. Mm-hmm. But I think it presents some really good ideas. The idea yeah. of a mon, uh, the, 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 the bending equalist. Like you present these things, it's like, yeah, these are things that would exist in this world. Dude, I, 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 like you said about the the core Go thing, I I know what you mean. I know what you mean by that. But like, if anyone tried to equate those two, like actually literally thought that those two were anywhere similar, that would. Actually I'm just saying that kind of, had, no, no. I I know what you're saying because yeah. I know you respect Cora and, and I know. I was just saying that. that they both had some level of backlash. Yeah, but I was like, Cora actually tried to be the same style and to do avatar justice yes teen titans go is obviously a parody so it's like it's a parody so it's something different anyone who thinks those are two and like i said i'm not talking about it's like a pairing attack on titan to junior high it's just not the same thing yeah um cora cora's biggest problem was that it it was only renewed by season season by season and the time slots kept changing for that show yeah it was constantly in rotation of when it was airing so it was all over the place in ratings because you never knew until the final season, I think the final season of the last two seasons didn't even air on television. It was only on Nickelodeon's website. And I would still, <sighs> me and my childhood best, one of my childhood best friends, Nico, we would run home and watch that and watch the episode because we were that into this show. Yeah. It, it, and this current revitalization of the show, thanks to Netflix, of, of people coming, I think because our generation has, are, are, are adults now and we're realizing it's like, oh, these we we this fandom is blown up more than i could ever imagine and i think it deserves every bit of it yeah definitely i i and i i actually never got to watch cora um but it's on I netflix definitely would i definitely would because i like i like the idea of the more modern style so it's like um, um it's like a world vendors. war 2 era so where where it was very much well, it was very much more feudal Japan type era for for the original Avatar. It's much more like 1920s yeah. or Legend of Korra. Yeah. Oh. Ah. And it takes things like the bending. It's like, oh, yeah, you guys have electricity because no shit. Firebenders can move this shit with their brains. Yeah. It's like, yeah, of course, there would be like huge technological leaps and stuff. Yeah. Oh, uh, that's. I, I don't know how long I just rambled. No. <laughs> but that's how good this show is. If you've never seen Avatar, it's on Netflix. I own the box set because yeah. I'm just like, this is a show I will give. It deserves me to have. Yeah. And it, it is fantastic. It is a fantastic show. All right. I think yeah. we need to do honorable mentions. Yeah, for sure. So you want to go first? Um, I I have a few like like I said, the Flash is definitely on my honorable mentions because that's that show. It took what Arrow was doing, it and it made it more lighthearted, and it showed people that these types of shows don't have to be dark and don't have to be. They don't have to be the same to be just as interesting and just mm-hmm. as compelling. And they and I also love how they did something that a lot of shows didn't do in the way of expanding the universe and bringing them back together, but still having separate plot lines and separate shows. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that was really, definitely really, really interesting to me. Um, Justice League Unlimited, 
was one of my honorable mentions. I should have put that down. It was on my list until I realized that Teen Titans had a much bigger impact on me. Yeah. Um, and Justice League, obviously. And that, that here's the thing between those two. The the based on there's probably like a a, a couple year gap between when you were the right age between which show was the most impactful on you. Yeah, because like I remember when I was younger, we got the McDonald's toys for I think it was Justice League based, mm-hmm. and I got I remember those. I got these little trading cards that told yep. me they gave me information on Batman and the Flash, and I used to carry those around and just read them. I don't know why I just had this fascination with both of those characters and I don't was- feel bad about that because <laughs> i have a, t- a deck of cards upstairs that you get from completing rounds in the injustice arcade game dude i have i only have one of those because I only i'll show you the deck later because i i grind i gr- back when <laughs> in the before times before covid yeah B- bc <laughs> uh, oh no that actually works yeah <laughs> bc 19 um <laughs> I would just uh, I went on a cruise and I just uh, like I would just I went to the arcade and just was playing that game yeah. and it was getting these cards and it was like dude reverse flash and uh and uh Hal Jordan and Atrocitus and all these Rip. it's such a good I only got Solomon Grundy <laughs> <laughs> like one of the bronze characters one of the most basic characters in that freaking game all right you have any more honorable mentions uh um uh the most recent show I watched was called, I, I don't know if I would say this is one of my favorite shows, but I d- think it's definitely worth mentioning because of the power of the acting in that show. Mm-hmm. It was called Little Fires Everywhere. It's on Hulu. Oh, yeah. You um, told me about this. I need to watch it. Yeah, it had Carrie Washington and Reese Witherspoon in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it it just, and I'm not going to talk about the themes and stuff like that because honestly, like. You go into it. It was just the the acting was the thing that compelled me the most mm-hmm. because Carrie Washington's character was clearly like it kind of made me mad at first because it really seemed to me like Reese Witherspoon's character was trying to was trying to be nice to her, reach out to her, and Carrie Washington's character just would not take it. She was just being rude. She she made me not like her, but then she made me want to like her, and she made me and I. You know, I don't want to go too deep into this, but she made me feel like I had to like her in a way, mm-hmm. like I was supposed to. Um, but I eventually ended up. She definitely redeemed herself by the end of the series. But just watching both of their facial expressions, it was so interesting. Especially once one scene where um, Reese Witherspoon talks about her kids and mm-hmm. talks about grow- kids growing up and not being able to, to like touch them anymore, where she starts crying. Like, I, I just love. I went straight from BoJack to that and see, being able to see the micro expressions and stuff like that on the actors' faces was just such... I just missed that with, with live-action acting. Mm-hmm. So it, that's why I wanted to mention it because the acting was really, really good in that show. I, I definitely need to check that out. Um, and it's got some really, really deep themes. And I got to say, the ending seems to sort of come out of nowhere because there's like this whole twist mystery thing. Uh-huh. But um, that's because they took the ending from the book and they changed it for the show. But I, I don't, I don't want to talk about that because I don't want to spoil anything. Mm-hmm. But um, definitely, if 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 you watch it for anything, watch it for the conflicting themes, the the like the, the those questions you ask yourself, like we were talking about earlier. It's got those, and of course, like I said, the acting. Mm-hmm. Um, that's probably my last honorable mention. 
my honorable mentions would include things like um Doctor Who. I I really like the idea of legacy characters like what Avatar did and Doctor Who is of course have been doing it much longer and yeah. in different ways. Uh both Batman and X-Men the animated series Ooh. I think really distill what what the Batman and what the X-Men are. Yeah. Uh uh and like um I think Deadpool makes a joke about it in Deadpool 2. It's like dated allegory for racism's in the 40s coming through. <laughs> It's yeah. like, you're right, but, like, not, like, if you look at what that actually is, like, yeah, you can really go deep into that. Batman, is just, Batman the anime series goes, X-Men does, like, talks about how, like, you're, you are this marginalized group, and you they really bank into that. Batman, the anime series, distills this one guy. It's like, what is Batman? Yeah. And they, it gives us a course. One of the greatest lines is, I am vengeance, I am the knight, I am Batman. Yeah. Um, I also love how Batman the Animated Series, because it took you know each episode for a different villain, like the way that it gave us really some sympathetic storylines that we didn't expect from those comic book villains that sometimes mm-hmm. didn't even get any Clayface sympathy. is uh, one that I really like. Mm-hmm. Um, other shows, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Yeah. Uh, it, it's not like... It's not the hardest hitting show, of course, but like <laughs> it is one that I remember from my childhood and I love and I think has inspired a lot of how I uh, my love of martial arts and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, Samurai Jack, of course, I talked a little bit about Gendy Tartakovsky and his work, and Samurai Jack is definitely my favorite of those. Community was an honorable mention. We talked about it. Afro Samurai, which if you haven't seen that, it's a really good anime. It's only like five episodes long. Yeah. Um. Once again, very crude, but um, I won't go too into it here. But it, um, it's just some really cool fights and some really cool, some the motivation of the main character I really enjoy in his travel, his troubles. And then my last honorable mention is going to be Dragon Ball Z, another of that tsunami era that I was very much, very much in love with, and very much has inspired my current love of things. Yeah, and also uh, a show I can't watch, and then go immediately work out yeah i have to immediately work out after watching that show because you're just like getting stronger yeah breaking limits wait before we finish up talking about tv shows i need to ask you because i know that these are probably like little kids shows so that mm-hmm. they're definitely not our favorite shows anymore but what do you think was your first favorite tv show my first favorite tv show honestly avatar because i was i like i was talking about it was when I was younger, I would wa- I would go to Blockbuster and I found I remember it so vividly. Go I found I saw Toph on the cover of the season two DVD and I was like, This looks cool and then I saw it, I came home and I remember blindfolding myself or closing my eyes and trying to like maneuver my way around the living room the with the way the seismic way that Toph does, like throwing her foot down to try to feel where everything is. Yeah. Like that's the little kid in me that was doing that. Yeah. When I was younger, and I, I it's just a show I've loved forever and will continue to love. Yeah. Um, Power Rangers is also really up there because yeah. it's just like I just love fighting in martial arts. What was yours? I I was thinking because uh, the first one I remember like loving was Bob the Builder. Oh yeah. Which like good of one. course a classic animation Bob the Builder where um, yeah. there's probably some stuff from when I was really young, but my memories. My memories start a little later than most people. The only reason I remember liking Bob the Builder was because I had... I, I, of course, remember watching it when I was younger because I remember, like, animation style. 
remember having one of those hats that he had. Yeah. And I was so proud to have that hat. And I left it outside in an anthill. Oh. And the ants somehow tore it apart. And it was a plastic helmet. And they, like, cracked through it. And I, I was really upset. But I, I was also amazed that ants could do that. <laughs> I don't know why, you know, that <laughs> just blown away by that fact. That's just the, that's one of my first memories, like in general. So, and what what we can take away from this is just like how much media has affected all of us. Yeah, and how much how I believe it is, TVs and movies are one of the greatest art forms ever. Just storytelling in general, and how important it is to all of us. Yeah, and that that's that we talk about a lot of movies and stuff here, but like that's why. Yeah, because I think of it's that important. Like, I, I've i sort of been back and forth because I want to train and I want to learn stuff. But I think that as an actor, as a performer, and just as a regular person, that watching movies and TV is really important just as a study of people and life. And mm-hmm. just, like, for tons of reasons. I could go into it for a long time, but I, I really do think it's important to watch some kind of media, whether it's reading or watching movies or TV, just, like, experiencing something outside of yourself is vital all right i think we're about done here yeah this was a long podcast that was that was longer than the other top 10 that was definitely longer tv itself top 10s all right i think we're done here all right i think you're gonna hum us off thank you there it is i've been 